Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium range at Chemist Warehouse. Now starting from just $3.19. This is Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. Yes, good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It is Tuesday, the 5th of April, just after 6 o'clock, and great to have you with us for the day. And we've got the crew back in the studio. We've got Louis Herman Watt, the man of steel. He's back. He's up and about. We've got Uncle Tony Kemp as well to bring you through the next three hours and get you up to date with what's going on around the world and around New Zealand in the sporting scene, for sure. We've got a good show for you today. One of the world's most iconic rowing races on River Thames was raced on Sunday, London time, and you in the and it was two Kiwis on the Cambridge team winning the iconic race, Grace, Grace Prendergast and Ruby Tu. Uh, they won the race in, in record rate, um, time as well uh, over there in, in the UK. And I've been to London and... Uh, driven over the River Thames and the prestige it holds. It's um, well-revered over in the UK and around the world. So um, that was raced on the weekend. Great to see some Kiwis amongst it. So Grace Prendergast will come on our show just after 7 o'clock to share uh, her insights on the race and just tell us about um, what's it like over in the UK and why it's been held with so much prestige. It's been raced over 75 times and... uh, it's pretty, pretty special. So looking forward to having a chat to Grace. And then after that, we're going to have a wee chat to Josh Geary. Josh Geary is a professional golfer in New Zealand. He won the Millbrook Golf Classic Tournament uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Played over two days, two rounds at the prestigious Millbrook course. And uh, Josh Geary won that competition by two shots. So we're going to have a wee chat to him because it is golf week. And I'm watching uh, the Golf Channel at the moment on Sky Sport. And Tiger Woods is walking around the fairways, and the range practicing. So ah, he is an absolute champion. I love Masters Week, so looking forward to ripping into that later on in the weekend, seeing Tiger Woods go again. Can he get number six at Augusta? Ooh, paying $56 on the tab. 
not a bad little little side bet there. But there's some quality golfers there for sure, no doubt. But we'll break into that and have we chat to Josh Geary. And then golf, cricket, Formula One. One man who's over all the biggest updates in sport is Guy Havout. He is a TV One sports journalist. And he has actually played Augusta, which I am spewing about. Because that is the most difficult thing you could ever do to play there. You have to know someone relatively high up to get on there, to even walk on the grass, let's be honest. So I can't wait to just rip him out and get into him about that and see, well, how he actually made that happen. Um, guy have out. Probably the last person I ever thought would play Augusta. There you go. Pretty easy, eh? Just pay your green fees there and you get on. Okay, looking forward to having a chat to him about that. Uh, that's our show for today. And like always, we'd love to hear from you on the Tempur Bedpost Text machine, double eight, double three, anytime, or even better. We had some great callers yesterday, and uh, we really value your calls on the on the Kenard's High phone line, 0800 150 um, Give us a call anytime. If we say something that you agree with or you don't agree with, that's fine. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. That is enough from me. That is our show. Hope you enjoy it, and there'll be some lots of laughs and randomness throughout, no doubt, because Uncle's on a heater every day. And he's going to say something to just get you really up and about. Cut so, it out. Morena Fano up in Auckland. How are ya? Morena, Morena. E taku taku hauora e pai ana uh, ite atanei uh, paratei. I'm feeling really good this morning, man. The COVID thing's all gone and done and dusted. Um, and good to see Louis Herman Watt back in though. Back in the yeah, house, can't mate. Can't stop me. Bring it all together. Yeah, me, <laughs> no, he's a freak, mate. <laughs> I'm like the antivirus. I, I don't know what's going on. I had like the, some mystery illness over on Friday over the weekend, boys, where I was paying a dollar three to have COVID after hooking up with Izzy Dag for two days last week. <laughs> what, do they call, what do they call it, mate, when, a, um, you know, when you, you've got a pregnant wife and she goes into false labour, Izzy? What do you call that? Like that's that's what you had, mate. You just had one oh, of those. Man. Yeah, just had one of those labors that we're in, we're in labor. Yeah, I was I was ghosted. Yeah, that's right. I had like yeah, phantom, maybe phantom, phantom COVID. But um, yeah, cannot get a positive test to save my life. Done all of them. I've had more swabs up my nose than uh, Joe's had compliments from Staffy, and that's a lot. So I, I I cannot get a positive test result to save myself, which means I'm just invincible. I can't be slowed. It's just so strange. Good to see, mate. You are invincible, but I've I've never really met anyone that's quite keen to get two lines on their rat test. <laughs> it's it's Louis Herman. What you know? Like, tell me about that. Tell me about yesterday morning, Louis. Tell me about that. that you, obviously, you had to call in, but you just had hey. to really pick up your phone in bed. Tell us, was it lovely? Did you really enjoy oh. that little lion on, on, a, on a school night, I must say? On oh, honestly, night? I actually don't. I get anxious when I'm not here because I just think about everything that's going wrong. I well, you kept <laughs> texting and you phoned in. You did miss us. You, you weren't even gone, mate. I'd much rather, much rather be here because then it's controllable, you know, control the controllable. When, you, when, you're, not, when you're not in the studio, you've got no, no idea what's going on, but... Um, I, I don't, we're good, mate. We're Jacob. We're good. Yeah, no, nah, Jacob. You guys had a great show. It was good. Um, it was awesome. But I, I tell you what, I, I don't know whether I want to have COVID necessarily. I don't. It was more like I just want to know. I want it to be done because I didn't go to the pub. I stayed at home and lost a bunch of cash by myself in my lounge. Oh, that, like, that teaches you a lesson, mate. Because we had we had like we had we were 
all organised to go to headquarters. We had to mm. put the races on the tally. Leo, Leo reckoned he had the kitchen going, he had everything going, mate, and then you phoned up with this phantom COVID. I know, I'm gutted. So, Get him, Uncle. I also had my motorbike stolen on Friday. It was a terrible, terrible 24 hours. Yeah, Harley. Yeah. <laughs> I don't say that, they'll steal it again. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I had an absolute howler to end the week. I thought it was quite a good week yesterday. Uh, oh, I actually Louis, left. Louis? Yeah. Tell us about, the, so when you locked it up, like, was it a sophisticated steal? Or did they have to, like, hotwire it? Or did you leave, like, they have the keys? Like, well, talk, talk, talk us through it. Like, well, I haven't been it, involved in many motorbike heists previously <laughs> myself, but... You've seen the bike, Izzy? It's just a... I, mean, it's a, I sm- haven't. It's just no. a small Suzuki GN125, but <laughs> it's, um... Honestly, I, wanna, I actually want to meet the bloke that took it. Well, you wouldn't have to. You'd just keep like, it. You'd seriously, keep it. You, he's you either wearing up, Coke right? bottles. He's, he's either wearing Coke bottles as glasses, like, you know, there's ones you can't see what a bike looks like, or he's just the <laughs> biggest enthusiast ever. Well, you told me, <laughs> you tried to tell me this morning, Kimpy, that apparently they've run a story in the Herald about these retro motorbikes are back in fashion. So maybe that's why someone's taken it. <laughs> that's a, that's, how, that's how bad we are for news at the moment. We're writing about, writing about your motorbike. It's not good. Well, I didn't, like, as far as hot wiring it, I guess. I guess it wouldn't be that hard just to walk, like, mm. you don't have to turn it on. You can just put it on the back of a ute and drive away. But um, anyway, yeah, I can't speak about it. That's a police matter now, so no comment. <laughs> 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 oh, you poor bugger. Poor bugger. Hey, uh, obviously, um, I didn't really talk about it eh? yesterday. Like, obviously, I had, uh, had the head the old COVID, and Uncle's still got it. Um, you know, like, <laughs> in the last couple of weeks. Hey? And look, I'll be honest, I was out there. Uh, I think I've been pretty vocal on the airways, and particularly when my wife got it, I felt so horrible now. But um, you know, when my wife got it, I was going to. And it's a scam. It's a, just a scam. <laughs> it's all a scam. Get up, man. You're fine. You know, like just throwing all this chat out there, and and then I was starting to think, look, I don't know, you know, just because you never experience it and you're selfish. Anyway, got on on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Holy hecka, me. Me oh my, as Justin Marshall would say, it was it was bad. It was it was gnarly, eh? I was just cooking in bed, sweating up a storm. My chest was on fire, and just on the left here, I just had this constant just pain right there. And I was like, am I having a little heart attack here or something, like that, mate? It was it was it was real, bro. It was real, and I was thinking, okay. That's just karma for you, absolute spitting tax all those years. And you're, you're double vexed as well, eh, is it? You're double vexed and boosted, yeah, I mate. assume? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm double vexed. Um, <laughs> teach you for not getting the booster, Daggy. But um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'm double vexed. I was just about to go get the booster, and then that happened. Um, but now I'm boosted, obviously. But yeah, mate, she's pretty gnarly. I must say, she's pretty gnarly. And obviously, it affects people differently. I know it affects you, uh, probably, you know, you. You, Uncle, you got a little bit, and then um, I've heard play, uh, people out there that just asymptomatic have nothing, and then I've heard people out there that have just get smoked and rolled. So, yeah, she's real. She's she's real, the old COVID. And um, my, my son, you know, he, he had a little bouch of it, but he only got a little temperature. Um, but, yeah, she's she's pretty gnarly, eh? Um, yeah, it really took me back a wee bit and just made me really think, okay, what the government's been doing and you know uh, have been doing for the last couple of years when you when you just get so fat selfish and one-minded uh you know simple-minded about it you start looking 
to the you know just trying to look forward and get some normality back but you can understand why they went about it because I'm a young 33 year old and then I was ringing my dad if he had got it he would have got smoked you know like so you can kind of just put you back in your place and, and get an understanding why they did it yeah mm. that's really good perspective and, and I think you're probably right Izzy I don't know about you Kempi but it's kind of like we in the last maybe since the summer we've been so eager to get on with it because we've seen the rest of the world opening up and we've kind of been like let's just carry on let's carry on let's let's get over like these mandates rah rah rah, rah like so sick of it but then it's kind of like all it takes is if you for you to get it to be a smack in the nose and a reminder of why we've had all everything that we've with all these processes all these mandates all these lockdowns well there was actually a reason it's because this virus is pre- it's not just a cold and, and opie boston said it to us on friday um Kempe, he said the same thing eh? well so I, look there's a it's amazing over over the last sort of four to six weeks how many people you do know that have come down with um a variant of the of the covid virus and how everyone's different how it's how it's been i guess um even myself i had a mild case of it which i'm, I'm so thankful for um, having heard that some of the younger mm. people, like Izzy, you know, like some other people that I know that were just bedridden, mate, and thought that they were they were you know dying, and um, are really thankful that they've got through it. What, what's really interesting about this whole COVID experience is how po- how polarising it's been, and, and this anti-vaccine, pro-vaccine um, take on it. It's changed. I personally, I've I, people that I know, I can't believe. Um, how something like this has really changed their demeanour and their personalities. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that conversation yeah. for me, like, I just, when people pick, I don't even get involved in a pro-vax or anti-vax conversation. I just say, mate, everyone's yeah. got a choice. My choice is I want to look after my health and I'm listening to people who, who are scientifically basing their evidence on it. Um, oh, hence yeah. getting the two shots and a booster. I want to be, you know, want to get through it. So, um, but some people, the way they talk about it, about, you know, about it's, it's a, you know, the, something to do with the Bible and, you know, something to do with the conspiracy <laughs> with the government. And then you see people putting tin hats on down in Wellington. And I'm just thinking, it's so polarising, mate. Like Izzy. Like Izzy is now. <laughs> what is that thing on your head, mate? <laughs> um, it's his mic. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm thankful that's that, my, I'm thankful that the brothers got through it. Izzy, I'll, um, I would just say to Louis, don't be keen, mate. Don't be keen on it. Like, you just don't know. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. It was um oh sorry Lou I, I was just I was lifting up a um I was I was just moving a, a fridge the other day lifted up man I was wrecked eh I was gone skis after just lifting this this fridge for a little bit um but they say if you yeah if you go too hard you can have long term um COVID effects um which is which is crazy but yeah just just brought me back and kind of made me realise okay um the, the government for what they've been trying to do. There was a reason. Yes, it's been going for a long period of time. And there is certain things we need to move on with, but you can understand now of why they've done it, just to keep us safe and um, you know keep everyone protected from from what what it is. And I witnessed that, and it's pretty gnarly. So, yeah. No, it's a good it's message. Is it? Only compliment I'll give them to them. <laughs> <laughs> when are you running, mate? When are you running the next election? Who's who? Thank you, you. When are you doing? Did you actually talk to no, Dave? Seymour? When are you doing, David Seymour? Did you talk to Dave Seymour? Birthday was he? party, mate. <laughs> We've had a wee update, boys. We've had a wee update. Uh, so after a, a long, arduous process of thinking about what what he wanted me to do, I've uh, I've screened him. <laughs> 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 
Sorry, David, if you if you hear this, I'll, I'll, I'll say it on here this because I've got response. no guts to say it to you texting or, or, or your email that you've written twice. Um, I, I appreciate the offer and I it really got a man crush you, you reckon? Me. You got a man, he's got a man crush. Uh, hey, seriously. Maybe we can catch up and, and break it down together, you know, on... on Should we get him on the show? Know, in, in, in person? No. No, you're not getting him on the show. And, um, You're probably cool. You know, like, I just... I just want to um, say I thank you for the offer, but I just uh, like to pass on that one, mate. It's uh, but not it's not really me. I'm not really into the old politics. I, I tried to dive into politics <laughs> on Twitter, and it and it nearly cost me twenty grand. So uh, I'm just going to steer clear of the politics, mate. Thank you very much for the offer, though. There's a bit of a trend here, is it? There's a, I, I, what I've realised is when you're not sure about something, you just don't reply because you did the same thing to Hutchie. <laughs> you screamed Hutchie, didn't you? <laughs> I did, I did. Hutchie wrote to me about this radio gig, and I I read Craig Hutchinson, owner of SEN SEN in Australia radio outfit, blah blah blah, and I just I was like, oh, what's this? Just put it down and forgot about it, and then it came back resurfaced about five months later, and I got the job, and I was like, oh, and then he paid me out, and never forgot it. Sorry, Hutchie. <laughs> oh, well. Hopefully it's not a repeat and you don't end up being David Seymour's <laughs> press secretary in a couple of years. <laughs> and oh, you guys look no. back and laugh about the time you screened him. Um, 19 minutes past six o'clock. There is lots of sport happening in the world. It's a, a funny old Tuesday, though. Masters week. Guy Havel, you cracked me up, Izzy, when you said he would be the last person you would expect. <laughs> How insulting. We might have to play that back to him. <laughs> How insulting. It's... No disrespect. No disrespect. But I'm just seeing Nick Mowbray. I'm seeing rock stars over there. And then you got Guy Havel, who's, um, <laughs> you know, like, like, I just don't know. I just don't know. I just Do want to know. Argue, I hope he's still asleep. Mate. He's coming on. He's coming on oh, He's later. a champion bloke. Honestly, I've got a lot of time for him. He's very good at what he does. It's great at his job. And he knows everything about sport. And I love that. But, you know, like, Augusta, come on. <laughs> well, he's got a good story about how he made it happen as well. And he actually shot. He, I think he birdied a hole. I think he played really, really well. Um, he might have shot in the seventies. I can't remember. Oh, well, he'll, I'm sure he'll tell us exactly because he loves any chance to talk I about can't it. Can't wait to hear the story. But um, he's also right up and right up today, and he's followed Ross Taylor's career and knows Ross a wee bit. So we'll talk to Guy about Ross Taylor at that moment yesterday, coming to an end. After this, I think we should all share a, um, a little bit of a conversation about Ross Taylor actually and what he's done for New Zealand cricket and also the Black Caps over a long period of time. We'll do that. Right now it's 20 minutes past 6 o'clock. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Great to have your company on SCNZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Stay with us back in a minute. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. 8,607 runs, a high score of 181, 47.55 average, striking at over 83, uh, 147 sixes. 21 centuries, 51 half centuries. Ross Taylor's ODI one-day international career wrapped up yesterday in a win against the Netherlands at Seddon Park, which is very fitting, surrounded by his family, his mum's tears when he got out for the last time. Uh, Luturu, in quite an incredible career and quite an incredible servant to New Zealand cricket. Izzy, it was pretty emotional seeing Roscoe walk off for the last time, give Guppy a big hug, and um, he will be missed, won't he? He will be missed, mate, and uh, it was quite cool. I was, I was following along on Twitter, and, and you saw that he actually requested the anthem be played 
Because it's only played at the start of every series. It's never played it in every match that they play. So he requested it and seen his kids out there and just seen what it really meant, uh, singing the anthem for the last time. Look, it was a, it was a special night for uh, for Roscoe. Obviously, he didn't get uh, to have the impact on the on the on with the bat he was probably hoping, but he got to go out there and um, play his last match for his colours. Um, a beautiful night, beautiful evening. Uh, two players put on an absolute clinic for Black Class of Will Young and, and his best friend Martin Guptill. So, um, making an enjoyable night. I'm, I'm pretty, you know, what's the time? 6.30. If I was him, I'd be still going. I'd be still celebrating into the night, mate. So, look, if he is, he's having a good night. He Well, he deserves it, mate. He's an absolute stalwart and, and just someone that I've got so much... Uh, time for and I told the story yesterday Louis about uh, I slid into his DMs uh, a couple of years ago on, on Twitter and he was throwing out some memorabilia, he was throwing out some old cricket gear and I said mate chuck one of those bats my way, just having a little stab in the dark, anyway a week later uh, Laura McGoldrick's dad Bryn drops a cricket bat at me door in Northwood with the signed Ross Taylor cricket bat GM I'll go get it in the ad break, it's just outside and, and uh, you know I didn't even expect it and he dropped me a bat off so Absolute champion who go down as one of the greats. Yeah, mate, that's uh, that's a good story. Um, is too like how you can just send out a message to a bloke and he actually actually answers it. Um, just show <laughs> just shows you that he does get a chance to, to look at um, plenty of those plenty of those messages and and shows mm. what sort of bloke he is. You know, so mate, I th- when when I when I look at Ross Taylor, the, I don't really look at Ross Taylor as a cricketer. I look at him at a, as a as a Māori playing cricket, um, as a mm. Polynesian playing cricket, and how wonderful that is for, you know, just being Polynesian, because um, you don't see it that often, you know what I mean? And it's, and like, he kept in the side. Like, he kept in the game of cricket. And, and of course, when I, you know, I, I was a rugby league softball person. That was our community. We played rugby league in the winter, softball in the summer. We, you know, the guys that played cricket, like, our, our family couldn't, f- uh, couldn't afford the the plant, mate. The bag of bag of bats, the the whites, mm. um, you know, the the just the travel, Same I guess, mate. and all that sort of stuff. Whereas in softball, it was basically handed handed to you uh, on a plate. So to see someone um, go through it, so it's, so it's so unusual. It's so unusual for me to think, you know, mm. someone like Ross Ross Taylor uh, in a game that's predominantly, I, I got to say, it's predominantly Pakeha is um is been to the highest of it and the accolades that he's been getting, especially this week, about what he's done for cricket. Uh, I I just take my hat off to the man. I think he's he's been wonderful, for, not only for the sport but for for our community, for profiling our community. Yeah, mm. uh, bang on, Kimpy. And, and it, you're right. He's, so essentially, what you're saying is he's more than a cricket player and he's been more than a black. Yeah, I, I see. I don't look at him as a cricketer. Nah. I never have. That's no, fair enough. I just think I just think, man, you're you're one of the best blokes we got in the walking around in sport in New Zealand. Well, he actually is, and is he? You you take some kit off him. I'm pretty sure he's dished out kit to all walks of people, not just all blacks as well. Like he really is no, such no, a genuine no, no. guy. He's he's so, got so much time for everybody. He's always been up for an interview, and um, like he's just handled himself with grace time and time again through different stages of his career. And I wonder what he's going to do next. Like that's uh, he's, the next. He'll take some time, obviously, and mow the lawns. His daughter made such a good quip. Said, uh, "I hope I hope he hasn't hurt his hand because he's got to do the lawns tomorrow," which was just so funny. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. But I don't know. Is he'll get even... into commentary, mate. Yeah, he'll hundred percent get into um to uh, Sky Sport. He's been to, he did a little bit, I think, a couple about a year ago for Sky Sport. 
with the cricket. So he'll no doubt get into that. And uh, he's got a very good cricket in mind. Uh, he's uh, he can he can literate. He's very illiterate. He can talk. He can speak. He can make sense and and nail every point. So I can see him getting into some broadcasting sense and and doing that. Maybe even a bit of coaching. You know, would he do the I, IPL thing like what Bez does? You know, would he? Would he be? I don't know. Would he be sort of head mm. hunt, hunted in that area? Maybe, maybe we yeah, get him on. Maybe we get him on and, and talk mm. about it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you look at the you look at the Kiwis in the IPL: Flem, um, Mike Hesson, Baz. You th- what do they all have in common? Well, they all kind of came through that similar era. Um, you know, Flem set the tone. Baz's mentor. Hess and, and Baz, and then obviously Ross. Well, Baz took over from Tate Ross, and we we all know the story there. But it's that same era of positive positive Black Caps cricket, and it seems to have worked well. Mm. And that they are in demand, and they all are winning coaches. So I don't know. I'm not too sure. We'll watch this space, but he's going to be sought after whatever he does. What a hero! What an icon, Ross Taylor. Bidding farewell the last time. Yesterday at Seddon Park. It is 29 away from 7 this morning. Love racing.nz. You're home for everything thoroughbred racing up after this. But here is Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. CNZ, we are 27 minutes away from 7 this morning. Plenty going on in the sporting world. Uh, bidding farewell to Ross Taylor as the cricketer, but I'm sure we'll see him a lot more. He has said he will play for the Central Districts on double eight, double three. Sharp pickup, yeah. He's not necessarily done with playing cricket just yet as well. Loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred. Racing, news, reviews, previews, a lot. Boys, we're in... The- the, the funny period where we start to get into winter, um, and this is where the racing gets interesting, and you've got to be pretty sharp to do your form. This weekend, there's some nice races down at Rickerton. There's the Easter uh, Easter Cup, Christchurch Casino Easter Cup, and there's the New Zealand Bloodstock Insurance Stakes. Um, we've got good racing at Awapuni on Friday, but we're not allowed to talk about that until... Wow, would markets be open today? Yeah, potentially. So we might talk about that tomorrow. Um, And in Australia, well, how's this for a little bit of fodder? The Queen Elizabeth Stakes, boys. Animo, Mm. very elegant. Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck. Who are you with? Juas, Juas. And that looks like Juas is going. We thought that Juas might be going to the Sydney Cup. But it looks like Edward Cummins has said, nah, I think she's good enough to win the big one. Let's go for it. Let's pull the trigger. Where is your early where your early feeling? I mean, this is the stars of the turf. It's a 2,000-metre Randwick feature, the last day of the championships. This is the big money dance. This is the big dance. Outside the Cox play, it's that best middle distance race. Where is the gut taking you, Daggy? <laughs> Oh, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm having a wee look. And look, Duas, who Stormhome is playing five bucks, it is so juicy. Um, <laughs> so oh, juicy. I just, <laughs> I just can't. Oh, look, honestly, oh, I, I love very elegant. I, I love very elegant. 
I, I just, I can't go past very elegant, but then I, just the way Juas really surprised me and you boys, like, took me towards this horse. I never even knew anything about this horse. And I was thinking, who is this horse? And I watched that race and went, wow, just flabbergasted. Like, just couldn't believe what I was witnessing. Do you want the jockey so bookings? I was like... Do you want to know the jockeys? Yeah. Just, yes, just tell me who's, who's you, on who. You want the information? Right, here we go. Very elegant. Yes, please. Yep. Well. J-Mac. Yes. He wants to go to Paris, right? Because he had the choice on Animo, very elegant Ozaki here. He would have had preference on either of them. And he said, i got to stick loyal to the Kiwi Mayor that won does. the Melbourne Cup. And also, 100%. Uh, you wouldn't go turn your back on Chris Waller's yard like that. Jamie Carr jumps on Zaki. She's ridden him before mm. to Group 1 wins. Um, they know each other very, very well. Zaki, they won the All-Star Mile last start together. Animo, Tommy Berry, stays, uh, gets back on Tommy Berry. Now, Animo has been ridden by Craig Williams. Um, I think Hugh Bowman's done some riding, J-Mac. So there was a lot of options here, but it all kind of worked itself out. Tommy Berry, Jewas, Josh Parr, Huey Bowman is booked for Montefilia. He had previously written Animo and I'm Thunderstruck, and Mark Zara is on I'm Thunderstruck, Nasrawilla will stay with Think It Over. So all the top liners, very elegant. Is he step, is it? Or is it Juas? I don't know. <laughs> I'll go very elegant. I'll go very elegant with J-Mac on board. But you you, you had a little point on the weekend about Huey Bowman on Saturday. Oh, he's, he's riding extremely well. He's, got, he's out of his skin at the moment. Like, Huey's... Huey is such a, uh, like, not a confidence rider, but more of a focus rider. Like, he goes through periods where he's just so in the zone. And, like, he's a great. He's won 100 and something group ones, I'm sure of it. Like, he's he's already a great. But he can yeah. still go through these periods where he's just like, whoa, not lights out. So, um, Montefilia is going to get every chance. Remember Montefilia knocked off very elegant last start, Kempi? Yeah. Yeah. It'll, look, statistically, you stay away from it. Seriously. It's I'm not I'm not having a punt in that race. Um, I can tell you that right now. I reckon you could, there's more value so elsewhere. Um, starting on Friday, I know there's definitely some value on Friday. <laughs> um, and yeah, maybe maybe Is that the save Queen your pennies. Lucky yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, mate. CDs on the CD boys are on on call Friday night. They'll get your weekend off to a good start. Um, and there'll be some value elsewhere, but mate, why would you why would you punt in that race? Seriously. Well, I tell you why because it's a horse that's going to win. Because of the horses in a race. It's because crazy, you can't let it go. Eh? Just sort of, you know, sit down, you two, and watch the race and watch the beauty of it. The best of horses running around, and yeah. just try Someone not to Kimpy's try not to put the money on the horse. Just just experience it for just a change Kimpy. without having dollars on it. Did you fill your pockets up on the weekend? Of course yeah, I filled my pockets up. Kimpy's, Kimpy's one of those punters that well, you, he, he's never lost. <laughs> he's oh, don't worry. I've lost. I told you my very first yeah, bet. Your very first I told bet, you my yeah. very first bet. I lost plenty. And, um, I, and I've lost. But I, I also know when, to, know when to fold them. Can I just give you my, my gut, though? I think we're going to see... I think there's a chance that we're going to see Animo do something special. He's going to have the lightweight, and I just like with a th- like watching Hitotsu, and and I just there's always been something special about Animo. The way he ran in the Cox Plate. Remember, he got nosed out of a Cox Plate, and that was the same sort of Grand Final last last preparation that this will be this weekend. He's going to have the lightweight as the three year old. He's a star colt. I just so here you go, Louis Animo. At the moment, without the draws, 
I'm leaning Animo over very elegant than Juas than Zaki. I don't know if Zaki's going to love the wet track. I actually think Montefilia is $9 and $3 is value, but I want to wait for the draws. But just want to put an early marker on Animo and just say, you know, we'll see. Animo sit- over very elegant Duas, you know what I mean? Like, how can you pick it? Well, we'll see. This is the art of it. Well, pick one, Uncle. Have a stab. You're not having a bet, but just pick one. No. Nah. I'm I'm just gonna enjoy it. I'm just gonna enjoy it for the beautiful thing that it is. Watching just, those beautiful beasts me. running around. <laughs> just just ask me named after the just, Philadelphia. And talking lawyer. about winter racing, that's right. Just ask me. It's coming up, boys. You'll <laughs> make plenty. You'll be no, making plenty. Every single start. Twenty away from seven this morning. Love racing. Dot NZ, you're home for everything thoroughbred racing. Hey boys, here you go for the Easter handicap. Original gangster. As long as the track's good. That's from Mark. Mark, appreciate it on double eight, double three. And uh, there's an interesting text here about the Kiwis. We'll have a look at that one while we shoot off. Come back to Quizzy Dag on the other side. 0800 150 811. Get. This is how you do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy Dag, come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzy that come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, this is how you do it. Here we go. I've got my coffee being delivered by my beautiful team, my wife and Tilly. Yes, my favourite time of the morning. This and Quizzy Dag. And we've got a new caller on the line. It's the one and only Ed from Huntley. Hello, baby. What do you need? I'm from Huntley. I'm from Tolaga Bay. Oh, you're from the Tolaga. But your cousin's with Brett from Huntley, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grim. The Grim. The Grim. I like it. The mighty Tolaga Bay, bro. My wife's from up there. She's from uh, Wainui. Yeah, she's from Wainui. She's from the beach in in Gizzi. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So spend a bit of He'll time there. How you? Ha- uh, he's going to be laughing because I won't get in right. <laughs> I need to get in the questions hey. right when we're listening to it. Hey, <laughs> quickly, um, just quickly, how's uh, how's uh, everyone recovering from the floods, mate? Everything all good on the coast? Oh yeah, man. Um, it's still uh, yeah, Tonga Bay gets smashed, eh? Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it was worth it. Worth it going up to Toko. Okay, that was cut off, yeah. that bridge and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah she's it's pretty, pretty gnarly, brother. Oh, we'll be thinking of you anyway, so hope you uh, all recover well and get back to normality. We'll wrap into it. Hey, question number one. Yep. How many runs did Ross Taylor score in his final one-day innings for the Black Caps? Oh, man, I was listening to that. I didn't get it. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got fa- oh, you got to phone a friend. Phone a friend, oh yeah. Phone a friend. Phone a friend. T bone, T bone. All right, babe. This fella here, this fella talking to you, is he? He wore this jersey a, a couple of times. All right, for the All Blacks. Have a think about it. There's only a couple of jerseys he's worn, 
but he's worn this number a couple of times. Five. Well, I, don't know. I just saw a video of uh, Izzy getting a try against South Africa. He was wearing 22. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're oh, going to cut that. That's a sting. We're going to cut that one. He's been trying to. This is David. Get guy. out of here. <laughs> Love your Later, call, brother. Oh, my. Chat. <laughs> <laughs> 22 Yeah, I was on the reserves You're, He's not wrong He's not wrong, Oed Wow, we Okay, Jade We're going to go to Jade and Hamilton Morena, Jade Oh, that was classic Hey, bro um, How many runs did Ross Taylor score In his final one-day innings for the Black Cats? Played 14 a few times But there might have been a Please breathe, isn't he? Who are you? Ah, stink fella. Jade, come on, man. Wow, you're not wrong, too. It was definitely a couple of 23s, I'll tell you that. All right, let's rip another two. Which state was the PGA Champions event won by Steve Alka yesterday played? Which state was it played in? I'll go Florida, right? Oh, that's the, that's what everyone goes for. It's a great guess, but it's not in Florida. Sorry, Jade. That's what you get for saying that. Get off. See you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Come it. on, mate. You, you Charlie, like, we're gonna like go to Charlie. Bench. You like that bench spot? Nah, I do. I love it. Love it. Charlie Geraldine. Morning, bud. Mate, morning. How are you? Good, good. Which state was the PGA Champions event won by Steve Alka yesterday? Where was it played? Which state? It's probably have fallen out, but I've got no idea what state is in. Give me a clue. Tony. You know that? Uh, the you know deep, that song sa- the deep South. Yep. The Deep Hang on, South. One at a time, lad. <laughs> the Deep South. The Deep South. We'll go for Alabama. Ooh, not far. Not far. That's mm. tough. You should listen not to this. <laughs> yeah, mine was a bit easy, wasn't it, though? You would have got that. Yep. Anyway, uh, we're going to go to Simon. Morning, Simon. Morning, boys. How are you? Good, good. Which state was the PGA Champions event? Won by Steve Alke yesterday. Which state was it played in? Was it Mississippi? Yeah, it was. You got it. Hold on. Question number three. Which Kiwi Olympic silver medalist has won the Kieran and the sprint title at the Oceania Track Cycling Championships in Brisbane? Um, Any bonus friends? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think her uncle owns a, F- a Ford dealership. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Our> uncle! Oh, <laughs> that's a horrible um, clue. Cheapest. Nah, move nah, it on. Nah, don't know. <laughs> Sorry, brother. <laughs> Sorry, Simon. What do you mean? Gonna get horrible, his aid. there's a horrible clue. <laughs> It's a big, big, bold silver riding, mate. Zaid. Morning, Zaid. Yeah, hello. Um, it's Morning, Zaid. Which key with him? Oh, it is Elise Andrews. Like we knew you'd get it. Bang. Yeah. Question number four. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has criticised full-time MVP LeBron James. How many times has Kareem won the MVP award? Wasn't it six? Oh. He has won it six times. Well, well done, bud. Question number five. 
Who was the Halberd Decade Champion for Decade 1990 to 1910? No, 1900 to 1910. Where what? 19, what year, sorry? 1900, 1900 to 1910. Who was the Halberd Decade Champion? Mm. Uh, phone a friend, no. Oh, do we phone a friend on the last? Well, it's not the Kiwis. Yeah, we do. We're on the clock here. <laughs> is it not from so the beyond, you did you say? No, no, you get this. Well, I gave you a clue. That was it. The clue is again. What is it? It wasn't the Kiwis. Five, four. I don't know. Jack Lovelock. Oh, I mean, I love the stab. Brenton, quickly. Brenton. And that, is it? Is it himself, George Halberg? No, wasn't George Halberg. Sorry, Richie. Very quickly. Um, it was the All Blacks, the originals. Yeah. He got the cryptic message, Congrats. mate. Because the Kiwis never win the Halbergs. No, Kimpy, because I forgot I'm a second, <laughs> the second round citizens. Six away from seven this morning. Richie on the hooter. That was Quizzy Dag. SENZ coming up seven o'clock. On the other side of seven o'clock, Grace Prendergast, uh, Olympic gold medal athlete. She's a rowing sensation. And Izzy... Oxford versus Cambridge. Mm. Man, this is like one of those famous rivalries, Duke, North Carolina, um, kind of. It's one of the New Zealand, South Africa, all black South Africa, Springboks. It's like one of those classic rivalries you've mm. always heard about, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I was, uh, yeah, like I said before, I was lucky enough to be over there and just kind of got a little bit more of understanding of why it's held so uh, high up on everyone's, uh, on everyone's pedestal. It's, it's, it's huge. Yeah, and it just really showcases how revered Kiwis are around the world in the rowing sense, you know, like, and it just takes us back to, uh, you know, the, the special sport that it is. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that after after 7 o'clock. Looking forward to having a chat to Grace Prendergast about that. Um, obviously, Ruby 2 as well, one of her partners, and uh, the success of the New Zealand rowing uh, schedule. So that's coming up after 7 o'clock. I'm craving a McCafe about now. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. At home with results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Bads and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. Tuesday, the 5th of April, we've got Louis Herman Watt back in the studio. And we've got Tony Kemp uh, in the studio as well. Baz Skip McCallum, he's over at the IPL. If, you, if someone's just tuned in and wondering where Baz is, he's over at the IPL. Yeah, they are two from three at the start of the IPL season for the Kolkata Knight Riders. I uh, spoke to him the other day. He's doing well. He's locked in his hotel. They can't get up to much. Just cricket training, cricket training. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's doing well. Looking forward to uh, getting him back on the airways, and maybe we'll have we catch up with him uh, later on in the week or the next couple of weeks and see how he's going uh, personally anyway. So looking forward to that. I'll just read a quick text. Zaki will win in a canter. Very elegant. Will run an easy second. They are a class above. Animo is a boy chasing men. That is from Trent. Louis. 
Wow, in a canter. Trent is more confident <laughs> than uh, I am. That's that's pretty brazen stuff, Trent. Hey, Trent, we've got your number, mate. Monday morning, 7.05. See you there. Yes. There you go, Trent. You've been asked. Give him a call on Monday morning. If, if uh, Zaki wins in a canter, very elegant. We'll run an easy second. Okay, looking forward to that one. Um, coming up in this next hour, we've got Josh Geary. He won the Millbrook Classic Golf uh, Tournament, finished uh, Sunday. Played over two days, so we're going to have a wee chat to him. He won that by two shots. Uh, we spoke about that last night, and then Louis actually messaged him a couple of years ago, years ago and had his number saved in his contacts list. So well done, Louis. Hustling up Josh Geary for later on the show, and then Guy Havelt. He is a TV1 sports journalist. He's everything golf, cricket, and Formula 1 because the news, Formula 1, boys. Gal went to Las Vegas. Wow. That is going to be one big event. And, well, we called it, Kempi. We called it. We're going, aren't we? 100%. We're staying at the Bellagio. We've been sponsored by (laughs) uh, McDonald's and um, Sleep On It. And, yeah, I guess... um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, just enjoying the, the, the bright lights and the and the ten dollar pina coladas, mate. Can't wait. Yeah, beautiful. That's that's gonna be uh, see I've just finished season two of Drive to Survive and it was quite interesting, eh? My the last second to last episode I think or the one last one I watched was that actually that moment in, in Abu Dhabi when they were racing. Uh and Lewis Hamilton was winning by by a long shot, he was winning, and he was going to win the championship and go for the record-breaking t- uh, championship win. But then all that unfolded, and, and you can see all the drama and drive to survive, and all the finer details of what went on. Uh, you know, the race director, all the conversations, Toto, Michael, go, uh, Christian going back and forth. So, yeah, it was an awesome watch. Eh? If you haven't watched uh, Drive to Survive, make sure you do. It is uh, one of the great uh, Netflix shows. That, that I've been able to watch. Um, quickly, before we get to Grace, you had something you wanted to say just before I got off here about this, um, about the rowing, Kempe. You are just about to pipe up. What were you going to say? Oh, mate, well, just, we just... I just wanted to know, mate, like, you you, you know, you said that you, you had a chance to go to Cambridge and, and, and Oxford and Witness and all that sort of stuff. I was just wondering, did, is that where you got your, your English courses from with your illiteracy? <laughs> Or literate <laughs> no. articulation or peer. <laughs> Is that what came out of my mouth about half an hour ago when I said it and I saw you having a giggle? Oh, <laughs> no. No, it didn't, mate. That's all the way from the Mighty Hawks Bay, brother. Sad guy. <laughs> that's, that's a bit like your badminton, mate, when we're talking yeah. squash. I was, just tell, I was just telling Louis too, mate, the old Philadelphia lawyer, mate, just gave me a hard time yesterday, is he? He, he was on the text machine because he loves it. He loves it when I um, put my foot in it. I'll, I'll just mm. ask me. And um, he yeah. was straight on the phone and said, mate, you didn't say it once, you said it twice, you idiot. <laughs> set, hey, Izzy, set the record straight, mate. Here you go, line it up and middle it. Yeah, here we go, here we go. We'll get you in some rowing chat, see what comes out of your mouth right now, Tony Kim. Here we go. For our Olympic rowers, you'd be fair to assume that winning gold at the Olympics might be as prestigious as their achievements get in a 12-month period. And while that might be up, to, up for debate, Kiwi Grace Prendergast has ticked the box that can certainly rival it. Yesterday, Grace was past part of the Cambridge 8, which won the 75th edition of the iconic boat race, setting a record time up the Thames, beating Oxford. It's a rivalry as old as famous as it comes, and Grace is on the line with us now. Morena, Grace, thanks for joining us. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. No, thanks for joining the show. Hey, congratulations. Um, how was the whole experience racing in the, in the famous race on River Thames? 
Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it was incredible. I think I thought I sort of knew all about the boat race and sort of what it involved. But as we kind of got closer and closer to the day, I was like, God, this is a big regatta. And I mean, like I've, I've done a lot of rowing in my time, but it's not overly um, sometimes a huge spectator sport for people. And then you turn up to this one and there's people lining the banks. So it was quite a new experience. Is it like Twizel Grace, you know, like going down to the Marty or, um, you know, do the do the students and that get into it? Stuff like, you know, make a, like a big festival party of it? Yeah, it, it is like that. Like I'd say there's, there's literally hundreds of thousands of people on the bank and I'd say um, there's a real mixture of people that are actually there to see some rowing and people that are just there to sort of have a good time on the bank. Um so it's, it's probably a cross between like a Henley and a, and a sort of a Marty type five. But yeah, it's, it's mm. weird to do a race that's so long and you literally have people following down like the whole the whole way down the course. It's pretty cool. Is this something that's kind of on your radar as a young rower when you when you go into those early trainings on the river and and you're you're trying to set goals for the future? I know you've been to Olympics, you've won gold, and you've 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 reached the peaks. But is this something that is on your radar too? Going over to to the UK and racing in the famous race? Um, I don't think it was really on my radar until I got a bit older. I think it wasn't until, I mean, like we hear a bit about the boat race in New Zealand um, mm. and just just because it is such like a well-known race. But then I think coming over here, I was like, wow, it is literally like an iconic race. And it wasn't until I sort of knew of a few people before me that had either gone to Cambridge or Oxford and done a similar thing. And they just said it was, such a cool experience to be a part of that I really started thinking about maybe I'd want to do it and maybe I'd want to give the whole experience a go and I'm, I'm very pleased I did. <laughs> hey Grace, did, nice. are you over there, um, obviously to get some education as well, is, it, is that more uh, uh, why the reason you're there or is it, you know, to pick the race up was a bit of a bonus? Um, yeah, definitely for the education as well and I think I've just, like I've been in the New Zealand rowing program for so long that I knew post-Tokyo, I, I wasn't sure what way I wanted to go with my rowing, but I knew regardless of whether I wanted to keep going for another four years or call it there, I'd, I'd want something different to do after the Olympics. And this way I was coming over, getting like another great education, um, still rowing regardless. So whatever way I wanted to go, it was either transitioning me into the sport or transitioning me on. Um, so it kind of just ticked all the boxes and, Sort of, yeah, I've been living in Cambridge, New Zealand for about 10 years since literally leaving high school. So I think I was, I was ready mm. for a little bit of a change. And this is literally, this is a big change. <laughs> nice. Well, the record time that you, you're rowing eight set, um, you know, t- tell us about that. I know you've got Ruby two, uh, Ruby 2 in your team. She's another fellow Kiwi. But tell us the, about the makeup of the team and, and where all the other rowers come from. And, you know, the moment when you got a record time, was that always part of, of your guys' goals going into this race to try and break records, or was it just getting the job done that was that was the kind of the, the main goal? I think the main goal was the just sort of getting the job done. I think it, it was weird for me lining up in a race having no clue how fast your competition was. Like, in international mm. rowing, you always have constant regattas to sort of be checking in, and you'll know who's fast, who's not that fast, but I was like, we're literally lining up on the line, never having raced this crew before, never having done anything with them. Um, you just didn't know how it was going to go. So I think that was the main the main focus. But we were quite a um, diverse range of people in our boat, so that worked quite well. Like we had, um, 
we had another international from the British team who'd also been in Tokyo racing, um, and she'd raced the boat race a few times before, which is great, uh, always great knowledge. And then like our coxswain was this 18 year old guy that had grow, grown up in, in London. So I think, yeah, we had a real range of ages and experiences. But yeah, I think that's been part of the cool experience over here. Like I've been literally rowing with some people that have learned to row about three years ago, whereas um, I've been rowing for God knows how long. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to sort of change it up a bit and sort of get a bit of a fresh perspective again. Oh, that's that's really cool to hear, Grace. And a tough sport, eh? You know, like you're you're up early every morning and you're rowing, you know, copious amounts of hours on the on the lakes down in um, down in Cambridge and wherever you wherever you can get that boat in the water. Has has, a, has the trip to Cambridge sort of given you a, a fresh mindset? Um, um, and say and saying that we're only two ways two years away from the. Olympics and and you and Kerry are hopefully going back to defend your gold. Is are you feeling good about that? It, it has it has given me a, um, like a new fresh perspective. I think you can get pretty um, into the routine of what you're doing, and that's that's great for as for a certain amount of time. But then I think there comes a time where you're like, I need to make sure I'm still really enjoying the day to day training. Um, and I think coming over here has sort of put it in perspective that I do like love the rowing um, and actually love the training. Um, but, yeah, it's been nice to sort of get out of the bubble for a little bit um, and just sort of experience a slightly different way of life where rowing isn't your sort of your, not necessarily your number one focus. Um, it's been nice to sort of balance other things into my life and just, I think, yeah, have a little mental break because, yeah, as you say, rowing's a pretty full-on sport and, it can it can take a lot of your time and energy. So yeah, it's it's, it's been really nice change actually. Two questions, uh, Grace. Quickly, uh, how do they celebrate? How do they celebrate a win like uh, the Cambridge, the River Thames big race? And uh, what have you got coming up? Well, what's next on, on your your busy schedule, busy calendar, uh, study, rowing, any big events coming up for you? Um, yeah, they celebrate quite different the um the boat race. I think it's 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 a very like prestigious race so it's all about the um the big magnums of champagne and you get to spray them, whereas like obviously a world rowing regatta is very much like you get your medal, it's quite serious. Um so yeah, it was it was a lot of champagne spraying, um and then it was literally you rush off to like a black tie formal dinner. Um so yeah, it's it's definitely not a way I'm used to celebrating. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then and then there's an after-after party. Um, so it's a lot of celebrating for a boat race. Um, but, yeah, it's, nice. it's, it's pretty cool. Like, you've got people um, you literally haven't seen in years that have come come to watch just because it's such, like, a fun event for people to watch. So, um, yeah, no, it was it was great. And just for the whole team to do pretty well as well. Obviously, our men didn't quite get the win, but still had a really good race. Um, so that was good. But, yeah. And then next for me, I think... It'll be nice to sort of, like, it's been quite chaotic trying to fit all the rowing in with the study. And then, obviously, when you're at a university mm. like Cambridge as well, there's so many extra activities you can kind of make the most of. So I think now that um, we can be a little bit more flexible, we're not building up to the boat race, I think I'll try and enjoy the uni experience and see where that takes me. Um, and then I think soon I'll have to sort of make a call about rowing internationally and when the team comes over and sort of decide my future there. <laughs> nice, nice. I quickly, we're going to have to let you go very, very shortly. I just want to ask you one quick question. Um, how difficult is it to be to be chosen 
to to race for Cambridge in this in this race. Like uh, you, you know, you've, you're, you're saying it with ease, but there's obviously a lot of effort, and you've got to be picked to be able to be a part of this side as well. So, have you ever really thought how lucky you are, or, or you know, lucky luck's got nothing to do with it? But can you tell us how hard it is to be a part of this? Yeah, it's it's a pretty intense environment, and especially over here, I think there's something like at these universities, the amount of people that row, more people row than don't probably here. So I think there's about three thousand mm. people that row at the university, and then you're trying to pick a top eight out of that. So it is it's pretty ruthless, yeah. and um, I think you're just on such a short time frame as well. And every year, it's sort of you have different people that come in for a one year masters course and years after the Olympics obviously attract a lot of international rowers as well so that makes it harder so yeah it's it's pretty ruthless it's um it's a lot like high performance sport I've found since being here which caught me off guard like I thought it'd be a little bit more casual but no it's yeah they, it, it's a very serious thing and I think just sort of shows how important the boat race is to people nice nice oh we really appreciate you coming on the show Grace and uh congratulations again on winning the River Thames boat race, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see you back home soon, but good luck with your studies going forward and, and whatever the future holds for you. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well done, Grace. There you go. Gracie, well done. Big effort. It's, uh, big effort. Mm. And it, Rowing, mate, man. I it, yeah, oh. I, I was just going to say... Um, you know, when she's talking about relaxing and and taking some time out in Cambridge and getting that getting that win and obviously enjoying the magnums of champagne and and the dinners and the way they party and that, um, my boy mate, my boy rode uh, for Westlake Boys and went to the Marty four times. Um, mm. You know, got a got a bronze in the junior year and was was in the final boat in the eights and the seniors the final year before pulling out because he'd had too much. But funny story, mate, um, how he got into rowing. He jumped in the car one day in third form, and my boy played rugby through his careers, through the J grades and all that, out out at Silverdale, out where um, out where quite a few good All Blacks have come out of there. Um, our, our our mate Mister Osborne obviously played out there at Silverdale, and he jumped mm. in the car one day, mate. And we we he just he just got to high school, and he's he played his first game for Westlake. Westlake um, third in the third form was I don't know what the grade was. He said I hopped in the car, mate, and I was watching. The coach never showed up. Oh, actually, the coach showed up. He was a kid. Well, I think it was a fifth form, and he had to go at half time. So I ended up coaching the side at half time. And he said, sort of his face changed when I walked down on the pitch. We jump in the car, and he's sort of he's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. He starts to he broke down. He said, Oh, Dad, I don't want to play rugby anymore. And I'm like. Mate, oh okay. What's that? You know, I was sort of, you know, me wanting just wanting my boy to play football. He goes, oh, I'm just, you know, every time people I put I, I put a put my pair pair of boots on, people say, oh, you know, mate, can you play like your dad <laughs> like this? And I got it, mate, straight away. You know, I got like I said, hey, mate, look, you don't have to play football because because I want you to play football. Don't worry about it. You know, forget about it. Okay, no more football for you. Mm. And then I we were driving along. I was thinking, well, that's sport done. And then I said. But you've got to do something, eh, son? Like that. And he sort of looked up at me. I said, mate, and I'd heard about this rowing program. I'd, I'd just passed and fleeting went past my ear one day. And I just said to him, what about rowing? Like that. Anyway, he ended up getting into rowing. Mate, I've got to say, one of the best sports I've ever been associated with. Like just driving the values and the ethic and the commitment from kids. And he got into it. He, and he, in the end, he was that good. I had... 
when he when he finished up and said, "I've had enough," because it's a really tough program. I really I hear what Grace is saying. You know, real busy. Yeah. He said, "I've had enough," and this was in his seventh form year, and they were going to Marty in the seniors final, and, and Mike Stanley, who we all know who Mike Stanley is, he was running the Westlake program. He phoned me up and he said, "Oh, look, your your boy's got." He's got some talent, um, and obviously going, well, he can take rowing further. So my boy's going to get mm-hmm. down that path. I said that to Noah, and Noah said, nah, Dad, I'm done, like that. Or, you know, back <laughs> in my day, my dad, said, my dad said, boy, you're going to training. Mate, I'd go to training whether I had a cold or had a broken leg. <laughs> Otherwise, he was getting me by the ear and dragging me along. And I said that to Mike Stanley. I phoned up and said, mate, I'm sorry, mate, but I'm just not like, I'm not like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> he said, if my boy don't want to row, that's his choice, mate. I'm sorry, like that. Oh. So, mate, I get it, eh? I really get the, what Grace is saying, but behind the behind mm. the conversation is, man, I'm I'm burnt out. I needed a break, you know. I'm really enjoying yeah. my time over in, um, in Cambridge. And just to get that freshen up with a fresh mindset, come back in a couple of years for the Olympics, what a champion. What a champion. What a champion, Bert. Awesome, Gimpy. That's a great story, and that's probably, uh, I'm sure it's hit, hits home with a lot of people. Uh, I'm not a parent, but Izzy, I'm sure you've got, you can react to that oh. about, like, your, your boy, I'm sure you've thought that's something you've considered. I lo- love that, Ken, because, um, you know, you always, there's going to be kids and parents out there that assume Arlo's going to be a rugby player, and he's going to be a great rugby player, you know, like, because his dad played rugby, and he played for the All Blacks, blah, 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 and, and it actually puts a lot of pressure on these young kids, eh? Growing up, that, that there's all these expectations on these kids. Look, I'm going to be like you, Kempi. Look, if my son doesn't play rugby, I won't care one bit. I won't care one bit. As long as he's doing something that he loves. Look, that he might be terrible. He might be terrible at rugby. And, and, and that doesn't matter. I, I just want to see him uh, being happy, enjoying whatever he does, and, and just supporting him. And um, I love that, mate. That's, that's awesome from you, just taking that weight of a – uh, weight of a nation off a young kid's shoulders, you know, like he's probably carrying all that expectation that you've been there and done that and people are expecting that and for you mm. to go out and say, look, I don't care if you don't play it. You just play whatever you want and you just be happy and I'll support you 100% and that's that's what I'll be doing, mate, with Arlo. Good um, man. In the, in the red and black mm. Christchurch <laughs> club. Mate, and the, and the funny thing is he, that, that year he pulled out a row and he come to me and said, Dad, I think I want to play rugby league. So, mate, we played <laughs> rugby, you know what I mean? Not rugby yeah. league. Yeah. And and he yeah. come to me in that final year of school and said, I want to, I think I want to play rugby league. And of course, Westlake had a rugby league team. Mate, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, mate, could have said that when you're six. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I'm, I'm a rugby league man. So, yeah. so I go, yeah, mate, get into it. So he gets into it. He's got he got two left feet, my boy, but man, he can tackle. And we're talking about that the other day. You know, like mate, you can tackle. You can Just tackle. Folding, yeah. folding people like Brandon Smith. Geez, he hits hard. Uh, that was awesome, boys. Great, Jack, to hear that, Kempi. And you're right, rowing. Although they do say, and double eight, double three. Can you confirm tough this? Sport. It's tough <laughs> sport if you've rowed. And also, are you a parent of a rower because they reckon it's one of the hardest sports to be a parent. Early morning trainings here, dropping them off. The amount they eat. I've heard. I've had lots of friends that rowed, and the, the parents are like, always said to my parents, "Oh, glad Louie never got into rowing because it is demanding." But when you get to the top like Grace Prendergast, it's all worth it. 23 past 7 o'clock here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. The Temper Bed Post text machine. Are you into rowing? What's it done for you? How's it changed your life? Get in touch with us right now. Love to hear from you. Back in a minute. It is 29 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning. Bears and Izzy for breakfast. Bears over in the IPL. Hey, they had another W, by the way, the Kolkata Night Riders, so they're going well. Izzy down there in Christchurch. And Thomas's text through on double eight double three. Good to hear from you. Of course, 
It was the Marty Cup over the weekend as well. Uh, we covered that on SCNZ yesterday. So rowing is in the air, and the kids, I know that it was a, a kind of a strange version of the Marty Cup because of the Omicron outbreak, but Hamilton Boys High School and Rangi Ruru from Christchurch uh, won the eights in the women's and the men's competition. So they are the marquee events at the Marty Cup each and every year. And good to see those famous schools succeeding yet again. Double eight, double three. Thanks for the message, Thomas. Appreciate you coming through there. Uh, Trent, <laughs> Trent yeah, oh, speaking of the text machine, is he? Here's, a, here's one. Trent, mate, you are dreaming. Animo <laughs> wins for fun doing handstands. Cheers, Dom from the Tunnifars. <laughs> right back at you, Trent. So Trent's coming and said, perfect, he'll ring you Monday. And then, and then Dom from the Tunnifar's got your back, Louis. So Animo wins with Dom and Louis riding at home on ZD. Yeah, well, and I want to see the draw, but I just my initial reaction, like I think Animo, that last one was so impressive, handles the cut out of the ground. Although Zaki is a freak as well. This is why it's such a good race. It's a great race. Appreciate Mate, honestly, the passion, Dom. It just keeps giving, eh? Like this, this, this the horse racing game. game. Every week, you're just like, oh, surely it's going to relax. My bank account's got to get a rest. No, Queen Elizabeth Stakes next week. Next week, the carnival that just keeps on giving. I'm like, oh wow, and just keep getting up. And then these great horses keep racing. It's like you just can't stop, Louis. Well, we can't gonna, stop. We're going to have to. I've told myself I need to have a stop, have a break because there's been so much of it. To be honest, this is the last big weekend for a while. Although, depends how into it you are because over winter, you know what's going on in England. Well, we're going to see Nature Strip Home Affairs, J-Mac, Chris Waller, very elegant up there. So maybe we'll be doing our form into the English <laughs> racing as well. 29 away from... What time are those races? Oh, just like 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. Oh, yay. <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll have all-night watch parties on SCNZ. 29 away from 8 o'clock. Josh Gary, fantastic golfer, coming up after the news with Aroha. Here is the news with Aroha for Kubota. Together we're... Shaping and building New Zealand. The all new SNZ. It's Kiwi for sport. Hey, there's a lot happening around the sporting world. Tiger Woods' return to Augusta is the stuff of sporting legend. Can he do it two times? After he did it originally after getting that spine transfusion, can he come back and do it again? Well, if he even plays, it'll be legendary. That's what we're all watching this week. Awesome to catch up with Grace Prendergast, our gold medal rower. Boys, she is outstanding. She won the gold at the pier, in the pier with uh, Kerry Gowlett in Tokyo, and now she's won the boat race in England for Cambridge, a prestigious event. She explained how big of a deal it was to us. It was incredible. I think I thought I sort of knew all about the boat race and sort of what it involved. But as we kind of got closer and closer to the day, I was like, God, this is a big regatta. And I mean, like I've I've done a lot of rowing in my time, but it's not overly um, sometimes a huge spectator sport for people. And then you turn up to this one and there's people lining the banks. So it was quite a new experience. Just absolutely heaving the banks of the Thames. Daggy's been there drinking the Heineken's on the banks before. You know what it's all about, mate. <laughs> I haven't been there. I'll, I'll articulate it a lot better than I did before, eh? Uh, champagne, eh? Champagne, eh, is he? Champagne, Dag, you know, they call him. You don't drink Heineken's I'll at Cambridge. You, I'll tell you one thing that, uh, that, that this bloody, that this, this thing brings, COVID, 
It brings a bit of brain fog, <laughs> I reckon, eh? It brings a bit of brain fog, straight up. Oh, I love yesterday's it. show, yesterday's show was horrible. I was trying to think of things. I was just sitting there going, what's his name? Oh, yeah, that's that's Ricardo Ball, you know? Like, I was saying things like that, you know? Just, just simple things I couldn't get out. And, uh, oh, I loved it. I loved it. But no, I haven't been. I've driven across the river, Louis. I was driving to Twickenham um, to oh. play. We were playing the. Yeah, we were, play, we were playing over there with the Crusaders when we played the Sharks. And I remember we were vividly going over the, the River Thames and going, oh, that's where the famous race is. And kind of just got an inkling of oh. what it's like then. So, haven't been to the race, but you, you kind of know. You've been to a Marty, mate. Have you been to a Marty? Gimpy, I was just saying, they had the Marty Cup this weekend. Hamilton boys. Yeah, it's just and gone. Lang- yeah, Lang- Hamilton boys all the time. Christchurch boys, you know. All the big boys school. The pro- it's it's amazing, you know, all the private um, schools up against the public schools. Um, mm. It's a fantastic week, I've got to say. I've got to say, if you want to... I thought that, you know, I never knew this as he going through school, but, you know, you think rugby it costs a little bit of money mm. to get cricket, costs a little bit of money to, to, to get in and play. Rowing, mate. Like millions mm. of dollars worth of plant that they take to these rowing regattas. Yeah. And I remember going... Rowing and cycling, the, the, eh? The first time I went to Twizel, and this... It was one of the South Island private schools. Was either, I think it might have been one of the private girls' schools. Mate, this trailer pulled up. It was as big as a house. And and this guy mm. had a remote control. And zzzz, up pops this roof <laughs> on this trailer. Zzzz, yeah. up, up it pops. Mate, it was a bar and a, it was a bar <laughs> and a barbecue. And I'm like, and in my head, you know, you know what it's like. Because I'm thinking, how the hell do I get into that tent? <laughs> I just kept walking past them, you know, and the, all the dolly birds are dressed up with the hats and the you know, the the, the lawyer husbands with their fluty champagne. I'm down at Westlake, we've got our sausage rolls and our, our cans of beer, you know what I mean? So hey, mate, it is if you you're ever like, get a hey, chance to do that. You're my neighbour in St Mary's, eh? Oh, you're exactly. my neighbour in St Mary's. Hey, how are you? <laughs> But no, it's a different world. Oh. The rowing, it's a different world. It is a different world, and we love it. Um, yeah, Marty mm. Cup, congratulations to anyone that even made the event. For my life on Louis. double eight, double three. What's that is? Sorry, Louis. Uh, the Hamilton boys, they did they want mate? That, what a what a um kind of what a sporting kind of regime thing. Like, uh, thing they've gone. Uh, can't even School? get the words out now. See. Fog, yeah. mate. Fog. Uh, Hamilton boys were always fog. always the ones to beat. But is like it? rugby, rugby, yeah. rowing, like they're. The academy that they're running for sport is going great guns, man. They do it. They Are do they still so well fielding year 15s or did they get sprung for that? <laughs> Third year 7th. That was Hicker Elliot, mate. That was me playing Hicker Elliot. year old Fijians. That was me. I was playing 7th form for Lindisfarne College and there was a third year Hicker Elliot running around for Napier Boys absolutely <laughs> throwing us left, right and centre. Like and then you've got man. Albie Matthewson who's 4th year 7th um, as well and he's throwing us around. It was disgusting. And then my dad will, will remember this. We're losing at 19-0. We're losing 19-0. We get a penalty. We're not going to lose nil, boys. Daggy steps up right in front, kicks the goal. 90-3. to Lindisfarne College lose to Hastings, boys. Let's go. We're <laughs> off to the ball, lads. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. One last text. Grace and Kerry's coach and New Zealand women's eight coach, Gary Hay, is the Rangiruru head coach. So not surprised they took out the eights. 
Unreal Intel on double eight double three. Love it when you guys come through with little nuggets like that. Twenty one away from eight. Josh Geary talking the Milbrook Classic after that year 15, 16, 17. Fully grown men throwing little <laughs> daggy around. Can just picture it so clearly. Back after this with Josh Geary. Baz and Izzy for breakfast on ECNZ. We're 15 away from 8 before Aroha in the news. And then after 8 o'clock, we're going to talk to Guy Hivalt. He is uh, one news uh, sports journalist. And we're going to talk to him about golf, cricket, and a bit of Formula One, a bit of everything sport. And I've got to ask him the question, how the heck did he play Augusta? Because this our next guest, I'm going to ask him if he's ever played Augusta. And if Guy Hivalt has played Augusta and Josh Geary hasn't, I'll eat me hat. I'll eat me hat, Okay. I'm about to eat my head, I think. Anyway, we'll rip into it. Come on, and we chat to Josh Geary. The Ma- it's Masters Week, and we're all fired up on golf, just like sh- surely Josh Geary is after setting a course record during the Millbrook Classic over the weekend. Geary shot an 8-under 63 to ice the event, and he's on the line with us now. Josh, good morning, brother. Hey, mate, how are you? Very, very good. Quickly, have you played Augusta? I have not. I've, uh, I lived about two and a half hours away from there for about four years, but never got to play. Oh, man. Well, there you go. See? Josh Gary's a pro. He's done everything, and Guy Vout's played Augusta. I've got to ask him the question, mate. So, uh, anyway, let's talk about the weekend. Uh, two, two rounds at Millbrook. You come out on top, winning the event by two shots. Mate, how was that event? Uh, it was awesome, mate. It's, you know, every time you're playing golf down there, it's a pretty, pretty special place, and... Um, after a pretty slowish start Thursday, I had some work to do yesterday, but um, uh, managed to pull out a nice round and, and, and take it out, yeah. Mate, you spoke about you've you've, you've had your struggles. You've had your struggles at Millbrook. What do you think um, ticked this weekend round, and what were you able to overcome to, to get the, the success that you had to, to get the win in the end? Yeah, I've always been a pretty good putter, but I've always struggled with the putting around Millbrook. I think the greens are very subtle, so... Um, I think the more times you play it, you get used to a few of the breaks. So um, I, I missed the ball really well, but just probably made a few more putts. Yeah, so it was nice to sort of get that monkey off my back in a way. Hey, Josh, nice. just, um, you know, you're obviously decent um, at what you do. Do you, do you watch it like this week and, and dream about being on that course and, and tearing up the the Masters course? What do, you, what do you think, like, let us know your thoughts on the week um, ahead for these guys over there and what you would be probably thinking about if you were actually over there playing in it? Yeah, obviously that's pretty much the pinnacle play, Augusta. So, I mean, yeah, everyone, I guess, plays a dreams of being over there playing in, in that tournament. But, um, yeah, I'll click back and watch a bit of it. I don't usually watch too much golf, but um, if Tiger's playing, I'll definitely be watching that for sure. So hopefully he tees it up and, and, and goes all right. And do you do you think nice. do you think Tiger actually has a chance, mate? He's, I think he's paying fifty six bucks on the on the tote at the moment. Do you think he has a a chance at at taking what I think is a sixteenth title, Masters sixteenth? Uh, um, what do you call it? Championship title? Major. Major. Yeah, I mean, like if he's playing, mate, he's always got a chance. You can never write him off. And if he's sort of fit, I mean, I watched him play that father son tournament. I know he couldn't walk that well, but. Um, the swing looked great back then, and from the feedback I've heard from some of the players that have seen him play recently, uh, he looks good. So if he can uh, be fit enough to walk for four days, then he's absolutely a chance. I mean, all that experience, and he gets in the lead, he knows what to do. So at that kind of money, I mean, if he's playing, it's probably not a bad bet.
Yeah, mate. We love seeing Tiger. I was just watching him on the range before. He's still looking like he's got a little bit of a limp, um, so his body's not fully functioning. But, hey, he's got a chance. And if anyone can do it, Tiger can emulate 2019 when he won that Masters tournament. We'll be watching with interest. Hey, mate, uh, what about your game? So uh, it's been a difficult couple of years with, with COVID, but you've still been playing a, a wee bit of golf. You've played in the European Golf Tour. I've seen you played the Dunhill uh, so you've played some prestigious uh, tours around the world. Your golf game, are you happy with where it's at at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I had a nice little break into last year and then sort of getting back into it now. And, yeah, it's feeling pretty mm. good. Um, definitely a bit of work to do to tidy up before going back to Europe. But, um, no, I was lucky enough to spend six months over there last year when there was, wasn't much on back home. So I got a lot of competitive golf mm. in um, and had some good results. So, yeah, looking forward to getting back over this year. So, so what's going forward? You've just obviously won this. Are you going to have a bit of time before you head off? And what's the next golf event that will see Josh Geary taking some confidence from winning the Millbrook Classic over and, and potentially pushing to get that win? Yeah, it looks like um, the Murai Open in a couple of weeks' time on the Charles Tour. I'll play that. And then look to nice. head over to Europe. Probably middle of May, I might try and catch the British Masters or the event after that, I think, in Belgium. So... That's probably what I'm looking at. So middle of May, which isn't too far away. Um, got a two, two or three weeks to sharpen my game up and then uh, get back at it. Hey, Josh, what do you do in your downtime? Like, what when you get away from golf to just um, relax the mind and and just forget about it? What what's your what's your go to, mate? You like Texas Hold'em or you know you 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 like the you like the GGs? What what is it? <laughs> nah, for me it's fishing, mate. I love fishing, so. Any chance I do get a bit of time off, I've got some good mates who are, who are stuck into it, so I always try and get out in the boat and um, and just get into fishing. Yeah, it's probably my biggest biggest passion outside of golf. Nice. Are you, have you ever um, ventured down to Christchurch, mate, and, and have you ever tried to chance your arm at the salmon fishing, mate? I haven't. No, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'd, I'd chuck a, a line in a pond, you know, I'm sort of a bit of an addict, so uh, I haven't tried <laughs> the salmon fishing yet, but uh, I'll Daggy will take you. Sure. Daggy will take you, Josh. He'll give oh, you a trip on oh. the cruise slayer, which is what he named his jet boat. He'll take you up the, the Wymac <laughs> and he'll sort you out. Just don't let him drive it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a, got a deal here. You take me out for a golf game of golf when you're in Christchurch, I'll take you out on the river and we'll try and get you a salmon. Yeah, you've got one month. So you've only got one month of the season left, so it has to be in the next month, otherwise it'll be the following year, mate. How's that sound? Absolutely, love to. Sounds good. Beautiful, beautiful. That is Josh Gary. We appreciate you coming on the show, mate. Thank you so much for finding time and congratulations with winning uh, the Millbrook Classic over the weekend. Uh, I know it's been a tough time for for New Zealand pros. Yourself, you've been overseas, so you've been enjoying some golf, but um, good to see some golf back in NZ. Congrats, mate. Awesome. Thanks, lads. There you go, Josh Geary, Louie. Oh, he's sharp, mate. He's he is like he's one of those ones you've always he's won some big tournaments and he's played some good yeah. some really nice prize money throughout the years, but he's still got a big win in him. I'm absolutely certain of it. And I tell you what I'm shocked about. Kimpy the golf analyst, Izzy, you have managed to <laughs> you have managed to get yourself a game of golf with Josh Geary and somehow Kimpy's missed out there. Kimpy would have made oh, mate, a I open I opened the door up for Izzy. You know, open it up, just getting him to talk about his fishing. I knew as he'd jump on that straight away. <laughs> is, he, is he, mate? He's the guy that sent. He's, the guy, he's the guy that sent Ross Taylor the tweet. Can you get me a bat? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? You ain't going to miss a game of golf with anyone. <laughs> oh, I love it. You two just stop giggling, okay? You just stop giggling and have your little... Louis's got to stop your doing sly that, little winks, Your sly little winks at each other during the <laughs> IV, and I'm thinking, what's going it's just on here? Kim, Kim <laughs> just paying you out for mucking up the word intellectual or whatever it was. or <laughs> England. A, a, England. I was going to say... And then Kimby, I was going to say badminton, articulate. Kimby can't get the word major out of his mouth. Uh, <laughs> I'm, looking at, I'm looking at Louis going, staring what is it at called? me like, what do you what want me to say, mate? Championship. Oh, you've oh. lost it. Seven and a half away from eight o'clock. Unbelievable. Some great ticks on double eight, double three. Here. I'm going to get to those in a second. Stay with us. Baz has for breakfast with Kimby and Daggy. Absolutely on one this morning on a Tuesday. 5th of April, back in a minute. Val, um, double eight, double three, the temper bib post text machine, and Brett Kempe has come through with an absolute gem. I kato parapa my Huntley called Brett Takuengawa. For my life, I only stopped laughing the, the Cuzzy Ed from at the Cuzzy Ed from Tolaga Bay. Obviously, they know each other. I've opened up a can of worms with these fellas getting brave and calling in. I'll keep pumping up the show ties. Far note. Tony Finau, he reckons. That's who he reckons mm. wins. Is he? Thoughts? Augusta. Uh, yeah, that's a good shout. Good shout. He's, yeah, like he, he, he's really good for three three rounds, but he's never really click, kicked on. He won, I think, a competition because Cantlay, I think it was, someone, or someone has sprayed in the water and, and pretty much gifted him a playoff shot for his pretty much first PGA. He's a good shout. Like for me... We had him on. Uh, we had pinners on the other day, and Cam Smith's paying fifteen bucks. Mm-mm. I think, you know, I'm. I'm That's where you're going. leaning towards Cam Smith, yeah, for me. What do you reckon, Louis? Oh, Smith mate, those thirties around pinners. Cam Smith, they're overs now, aren't they? Mm. They bought, down to fifteen. They bought him 15, right in. Just speaking of the punt, guys, are very elegant as going to Europe. Does that mean she won't be running Melbourne Cup? So I shouldn't should hold off the thirteen dollars on offer. Hold off the thirteen dollars on offer completely and utterly. Don't punt that. Because even in the very slim chance she made it to the Melbourne Cup, you never know. You might get something longer on the day. Um, but appreciate your text, I think Duas wins it. Good question. Oh, he's gone. Is he? He said Duas. <gasps> no, no. I'm, I'm oh. talking the Melbourne Cup. No, he's called it. Duas to win the Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. There he is. There he is. Good stuff, Kempe. We knew we'd get it out of there <laughs> shortly. Yeah. Well done, mate. Uh, Dad, I remember I said one of the parents, what the hell are they cheering for? It's 90-3, to three, and they said that's the first points we've scored in three years against AC Boys, so we're cheering. <laughs> that is from the old man. Yes, he is right. We were right up and about. Guy, how about uh, he about coming up after eight? He's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Shop the Maggie's Magnesium range at Chemist Warehouse, now starting from just $3.19. This is Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ, Tuesday the 5th of April. Coming up to our last hour of the show, we've spoken to Grace Prendergast. She was part of the Cambridge team winning the iconic race uh, over in the UK, the River Thames boat race. 
And uh, if you missed that, make sure you head over to Braz and Izzy's podcast and you can get that interview. It was a very good uh, conversation we had with Grace and uh, she was an awesome get. So well done to whoever got her, Louis. Well done there, mate. And Grace, she was awesome there. We chat too. And then we had Josh Gary as well. He won by two shots over the weekend at the Millbrook Golf Classic tournament down there in Arrowtown. Um, yeah, great to have a wee chat with him as well. Coming up, I'm gonna we're gonna ch- chat to Guy about um, about golf, cricket, and Formula One. And then I'm just gonna read this text message to you before we get off to Guy uh, Kempi. Great show, guys. Hey, just wondering if it's true the Kiwis are going to play Tonga at Mount Smart a fortnight before the Warriors get home. Kempi, will both games sell out, or should the Kiwis consider playing a different venue, Wellington or Christchurch? That is from Jamie for you, Kempi. Yeah, look, it's it's been publicised over the last couple of days that action um, from the Kiwis looking at that Tonga Tonga game in that state of origin window. So, people have only been reading one of the articles, and, and um, the Warriors have actually come out and supported it yesterday. Um, people are saying that the Warriors are going to blow up because it's a, a game before the Warriors come home. It's actually the only time the Kiwis can play. You know, they get two chances a year to play football. One of them these days is in the origin window where they release all the players and the other one is at, at the end of the year where they go to the World Cup this year, obviously. So I think they will pl- play that game if they can get Tonga across the line and they won't take it to Wellington or Christchurch because most of the Tonga support comes from South Auckland. And we saw that when they played here um, well, against the Kiwis. Did. Yeah, well, they're not probably the furthest they'll go is to Hamilton. Um, so you, they want to see a red. Is he look? Perp, I, 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 I've said this before. I think we've dropped the ball when it comes to Origin. I think we had an Origin in that um, concept when Tonga. You know, they've beaten New Zealand, they've beaten Australia, and they've beaten the UK. Um, at the moment, that Tongan team is a real threat in the World Cup. And I, and I think the New Zealand Rugby League has missed the opportunity to create that state of origin type match in New Zealand here. Because mm. you, you look at that Sea of Red, mate. When they played that, I, I commentated for Radio Sport um, that game the new, uh, when New Zealand played Tonga at uh, Mount Smart. Mate, you couldn't see a Kiwi jersey in the, in the grandstand. And, and I uh, caught an Uber home from Mount Smart back into town when I went out, I actually purposely sat there for an hour just to watch the entertainment on the on the way out of the game. The streets, it was like a festival, you know. So, um, just to answer the question there, I think they will if they can get, if they get can get Tonga across the board, play that game here at Mount Smart. Beautiful, Kempy. There you go, Jamie. That is the answer from Uncle Kemp. Uh, time to have a wee chat now to our man Guy Hivelt. He's uh, a champion bloke. It's a special week for many people in Masters Week. Once. The green jacket gets dusted off. The memories come flooding back for so many from former champions to those who have been tinny enough, and I mean tinny enough, to get the opportunity to hack their way around Augusta. Our man, Guy Hivelt, is one of those things, and I think we all know which one. He also He's also a TV1 sports journalist and has plenty to offer on the big week of sport. And he's on the line right now. First, mate, how the heck... Did you get play around at Augusta? Talk to me, guy. Guy Tinny Bastard Havelt. That uh, that pretty much sums it up, fellas. Um, look, it was a few years ago now, twenty seventeen, when I went over to cover the tournament for Radio Sport, um, and uh, I went over. I was uh, the only Kiwi Juno over there uh, for that year, and every year, all the Junos. Uh, 
um, who are working over there, well, you have the option, but pretty much all the journos who are working over there put their name in the hat to get uh, drawn out to play the to play the course on Monday, the day after the last round of the Masters. The pins are in exactly the same place. The course is pretty much exactly the same. You play off the members' tees, which are a bit more further up than the Masters tees, but it's pretty much exactly the same course and experience and that sort of thing. And then they draw, I think it's about 30 or 40 names out of a hat, and those people get to play the course, and I was one of the lucky ones. Um, Tinny wow. is a great word for it, is he? You've nailed it. <laughs> it was bloody awesome, right? Mate, mate, tell us, because the TV doesn't really uh, let off what kind of track it is. She's pretty hilly. And um, tell us about the experience of, of, do you remember like all the holes, how you approached um, you know, yeah. uh, you know all the iconic holes. You know, can you tell, yeah. talk to us about that? Certainly, remember all of that. Uh, look, it really doesn't do it justice on on, on TV. Uh, the the holes where it's most noticeable are uh, ten, which is the par four, which goes dog leg to the left, but is pretty much mm. straight down a hill. It's it's almost it's not quite dropping off a cliff, but it's a dramatic drop way down and then 18 is runs parallel to number 10 and that's pretty much the opposite maybe not quite as steep but still very very steep but going uphill this time so uh, those are two holes where it was noticeable and even number one where you walk that was the first hole that that i walked out onto you walk out um through this kind of main um main kind of thoroughfare area out into towards the first fairway and even the drop down into the valley in the first fairway is quite noticeable um, compared to what it is on TV. It's a tough walk. Mm. Uh, and if we start talking about what we're going to look forward to this week, that's probably going to be Tiger Woods' biggest challenge. Uh, I think he will play. Uh, I've had um, your mate and our mate, Sam Pinfold. I've been texting him a little bit this week, and he's heard that Tiger's going to play as well. So uh, it looks all steam ahead for Tiger, but I think that's going to be the biggest challenge for him. Can he walk 18 holes around Augusta National for well, four days in a tournament, but probably six or seven days when it comes to it in terms of throwing his preparation in there as well? Yeah, the boys are talking mm. Cam Smith up too. Um, just tell, just take us through the the crowd and and I guess the the amount of people that go to it and support it when when the big players come along and how tough it is for them to hit those shots when you've got so many eyes on the ball. Well, they're probably used to that side of things in terms of just so many people watching them. Augusta is different. The Masters is different in the sense that the crowds, or as they like to call them, the patrons, um, uh, uh, you know, if you yell out anything kind of not even obscene, but anything, you know, bogany, like get in the hole or, you know, anything like, well, not get in the hole, but you know what I'm trying to say, like anything kind of out of the norm, <laughs> uh, there's a good chance. Yeah. There's a good chance you're going to get tossed from the course. It's very proper. It's very respectful. Wow. It's the kind of place where, where crowds don't really yell out anything untoward. Um, there's not a lot of trash talking of players or anything like that. Um, so it's different in that regard. One thing that is just incredibly noticeable, and everyone talks about it, is the Masters roar, the Augusta National roar. And what, what that means is that, let's say you're on, I don't know, the 10th the, the, um, green, for example, and, and then way up at the 16th green, the par three that goes over the water, which is five, six, seven hundred metres away, if someone hits it close or gets a hole-in-one or whatever, you will be able to hear that roar all the way from the other side of the course, and you will know what that roar means. There is just a distinctive way 
been telling what has happened at a certain hole, even if it's at one side of the course to the other. Um, it, that's a really special thing about Augusta and something that, that you get used to very quickly. Uh, it's the same if, say, a leader birdies a hole in the final round and, and makes a charge towards the green jacket. Just that sort of thing, the reverberations around the course are just so obvious. So, yeah, a fantastic kind of auditorium, a massive auditorium <laughs> where, where sounds just reverberate all around the place. It's a unique it's a really unique, um, a unique setting, uh, and one that I think makes helps make the Masters what it is. Yeah, it's one of the courses I want to go. If there's an event I'm, I want to get to, it's it's the Masters, mate. So I'm very, very envious of you, um, guy. Mate, just get, a, just get hey. a media pass and get just get a media pass and get <laughs> send you over, mate. Easy. There we go. You've called it. What do you reckon, lads? Should we do it? 100%. Izzy, you've got all the private jet hookups and everything you need these days, mate. Just make it happen. Just, just pull some strings. Mate, I'll get kicked all right, off. I'm going, I'm, go, I'm going by myself. 100%. All right, lads, I'm off by myself. Guy, who wins? Who's going to win, mate? Who do you think was uh, going to get the job done come Sunday? I know there's well, hundreds of golfers that, that could get the job done. Izzy, Izzy who's the favourite? Ask him a question. How, guy, how much do you have a ticket on Tiger Woods to win by? Like, what? <laughs> we know you've got one. <laughs> put, it, put it this way. You know there's that, there's that uh, classic bit out of uh, Happy Gilmore where Chubbs, um, Chubbs, his coach, is watching Happy Gilmore warm up and he goes, he's going to play and by God, he's going to win. And I just feel like, I don't know, it's, it's just something, I don't know, t- oh, I would love to towards to win. Look, it, it's, a, it's probably a far-fetched dream in reality, but I think he is going to play. And when it comes to Tiger Woods, he wouldn't be playing if he didn't think he could make a decent charge at the tournament. As I say, I don't know if he'll win. Uh, I think he'll probably be top 20 at least. He'll make the cut. He'll be there or thereabouts. I really like Cam Smith. And I'm not just saying that because I, I know Sam and I know... Uh, consider him a bait and, and that sort of thing. He has been playing some unbelievable golf this year. He obviously mm. won the Players' Championship. He is in probably the form of his life. Um, I think Augusta suits his game pretty well as well. Uh, I think Sam knows the course relatively well as well. I just think there's something about Cam Smith that, that, that's sitting fairly good at the moment. There's a lot of chat around Justin Thomas, and I think he's had four or five top tens this year alone. Uh, hasn't won a tournament yet, though, and, and, you know, always goes into the majors in, in pretty strong fashion and then isn't really on the whole able to do it. So not quite sure whether I would back that chatter. Someone else I'd like to think will be there or thereabouts is someone like Victor Hovland, who's another um, guy who's been mm. playing very well this year. Look, you could go through probably 50 guys and make a pretty good reason why they might win this tournament. Um, but, yeah, I'll go with Cam Smith. Yeah, Cornella, Cam Smith, Tiger Woods, for me, they're, they're leaving out the most important question, Guy. What did you do, mate? What was around, what did you go around in? What, what, were the, what were the numbers? <laughs> well, Kempi, it was a bit of a bugger, actually, because I was hitting up 18, and I thought, right, I've got, uh, I, I think I was like, I think I, I couldn't afford a double bogey to have an 89. And so I, I fluffed my way up 18, and I had two putts for a double bogey, and I managed to get a double bogey, and then, um, so I thought, shit, I've broken 90. This is outstanding. And then I recounted and I actually shot 90. So, look, I'll take 90. <laughs> All I wanted to do when I actually got there was, was break 100. Um, so I was happy in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I would have would have just liked if I had been able to go one shot lower. Beautiful, mate. I'm so like, oh, there's one of my... 
dreams to be able to play there. So well done, mate, and awesome to be able to uh, to be able to experience that and give us a little lead into who you think. I'm going with Cam Smith as well. He's paying sixteen bucks. Funny as you say, Tigers actually come in from fifty six bucks to forty six dollars. So someone's had a wee dabble. Wow. Was that you or Louie? It's not I'm going to go with that was Louie. No, that's, that that's not me. I, I I don't believe in fairy tales. Like this, uh, he, oh. he he would he would be. It would it would be the most astounding story if a guy had a car crash that severe eighteen months ago won the Masters. Like I, I know we're not meant to count people out, but it would just be something seriously. And we say it too often, but it would be otherworldly. And hey, Yvel, before we let you go, Ross Taylor. You've seen this career unfold. Did you make it down to Hamilton yesterday? I know the farewell tour felt like it might have gone on a while, but overall, you think that kind of Ross has been given the respect he deserves and and we sad to see him leave, or he's he's leaving the game in a better place, as everyone keeps saying? I I was just about to say, you you said you don't believe in fairy tales. Well, Ross Taylor took a wicket bowling with his last ball in his cricket and then took a catch to win the game last night in his last game. So there's a slight fairy tale there. Uh, look, uh, just a an, an up, completely upstanding, outstanding human being who has done so much for New Zealand cricket. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him go out on those South African tests. It wasn't to be, um, but what an uh, just a uh, what can you say? Just a remarkable career, as you say. He leaves the game here in New Zealand in a better place. I don't want to put a, a damper on this, but I do worry about once he leaves. Um, and then if Kane Williamson keeps struggling with his elbow, just where that leaves the Black Cats, uh, you instantly lose two of your best ever players uh, in, a, in a click of the fingers. And so I'm not saying it's the end of Kane Williamson, but that is something that I do worry about in terms of losing Ross. Uh, but, man, we could sit here for hours and talk about what he's done for the game here in New Zealand and, and what the legacy he will leave will be. It is an enormous one. Uh, very lucky to have been able to watch him live on so many occasions see some of his great innings. And while last night wasn't one of his most memorable innings, it was still just such a a raw and emotional occasion and such a a real pinch-yourself moment to be able to stand there and hear the round of applause that he got, see the emotion on his face, see the family all there and so emotive and so um, happy for him. It was just such a... It was really a perfect night. And he got a decent turnout from the Hamilton faithful. And, yeah, I I I was happy for him in that regard. We will miss him. Uh, but man, what a career, what a bike. You're so right about the crowd. I love it when a sports crowd reflects the moment and um, they just did such a great job. They, they've uh, Hamiltonians, they absolutely nailed that one. So well done to uh, that region. Havel, before we let you go, mate, um, we've had a bit of debate this morning. Very elegant, Juas, Animo, Zaki. Who is the Queen Elizabeth Stakes winner this weekend, mate? Got to be very elegant, doesn't it? Best horse in the world. Easy as that. Bang. Bang. Bang, bang, bang. Bang. Yes. Hole in one. (laughs) Smacked it. What do you reckon, Kimby? I told you. I'm not betting. Oh, Jewass. (laughs) (laughs) Jewass wins the Melbourne Cup. Yeah. How'd you go last weekend, Guy? Just, uh, did you you have a punt? Did you make some money? Nah, 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 nah. Not, Not last weekend. I was too busy at a wedding. Too busy living it up at a wedding, so I didn't get to... Didn't really get to see anything, but we might just have to uh, make that up with a, with a little bit of Tiger Woods winning the Masters, I think. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love it. Nice, mate. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the show, Guy. I uh, appreciate, as always, and well done for sharing your 
memories of playing Augusta. Very, very jealous of you, bud. And uh, you'll be living that one up forever because I don't think I'll ever get on that course. So well done. And uh, we'll get get you on back shortly, mate. Appreciate it. Nah, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. I'll talk about playing Augusta anytime you want. <laughs> True story. He's rubbing it in, is he? There's a, do- oh, there's a nice is, text here too, is he? I think it's come from one of your best oh. mates. Yeah, there would have been someone I played golf with of course, recently. Of course, they know you only too well. <laughs> Izzy, Augusta fairways ain't wide enough for you, bruh. Is that your fade or your swing, mate? Is, what is mate, it? That's, that's not a fade. It's just wherever that ball goes, it goes. I just said, oh, it's been yuck, <laughs> What mate. about your etiquette? You'd get kicked off the course. <laughs> Well, you don't know, Louis. Isn't you that what you were saying me, recently? Don't you ever say any of that. You literally <laughs> yeah, said this no. two weeks ago, mate. Nah, my etiquette's, my etiquette's better. It's getting better. But I'm, look, that's just the way I play. I'm not going to look for your golf ball. You hit it there, go get it yourself. I'll tell you what, we'll go out, we'll go out for a game, eh? The three of us. <laughs> okay? I'll, 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 I'll dust the cobwebs off my clubs. I don't even know who's got them. It's been that long. I'll come off a 24. I'll tell you that now. I'll come off at 24, and we'll go and have a little bit of match play, the three of us. Izzy, you've got to tell us you're honestly what your, what your handicap is, and we know that you, we know you are a handicap. So the three of us will go out, we'll put some money on it, and then we'll come back the next day and we'll talk about it. I don't know. Izzy sounds, and real, Izzy is sounds all on. real tense and telly about golf at the moment. It's like, it's like either he's pissed off for Velt played Augusta or he's angry someone's texting and <laughs> <laughs> crack at his drive. No, no, I love. I love that. My drive's horrible at the moment. Horrible. But I'm playing tomorrow and I haven't played for a couple of weeks, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, have a wee, give you a wee update come uh, Thursday morning show, eh? Give you a wee update. Anyway, we're going to get an update from Paulie Moati. See what's going on in the betting odds around the country. See what, who, who had a wee dabble on Tiger Woods? See if any money's come fluttering in for, for the great one, Tiger Woods. Anyway, back to with Paulie Moati very shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. With results in 15 minutes with Helgen COVID rapid antigen tests from Chemist Warehouse. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SENZ. Baz and Izzy for breakfast, 27 minutes past 8 a.m. this morning. Uh, TAB.co.nz is where you go if you like Guy Havelt and you want to drop some digits on Tiger Woods. Paulie Mawadi. What's your golf podcast called, Paul? The Cut Line. Host of The Cut Line. Golf expert, <laughs> pro punter. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Who are we talking about now? <laughs> Come on, Paul. Pump yourself up, mate. You are all things golf. Was it Was it you that dropped that digit on Tiger? It, it wasn't me, but I tell you, we did take a $1,000 bet last night on Tiger Woods at $51 to win the Masters. Um, that's seen him shorten into $46 now. He is now the second best back golfer uh, turnover-wise in that U.S. Masters 2022 outright winner market. The best back, though, the Australian, who's in a rich vein of form, has already picked up two victories this season, one in Kapalua uh, earlier, I think it was back in January of this year, and then, of course, picked up a win at TPC Sawgrass in the Players' Championship. He's currently $16.00 to win the Masters. The the other three in the top five best backs, uh, Victor Hovland at $20, third best back golfer in the Masters market, Justin Thomas at $14, and the fifth best back golfer, Brooks Kepka, 
at $20. Um, so they're your top five in terms of uh, action and interest from uh, Kiwi punters. But Cameron Smith, the best backed, Tiger Woods, second best, and a $1,000 bet on Tiger last night at 51, now under 46. Beautiful. Got any power plays for the for the Masters? Anything we can, yeah. you know, yeah. have the, a wee dab the boys are work, Yeah, the boys are working on those as we speak, uh, and I believe mm. they hope to have them out later on this afternoon, if not tomorrow morning. So uh, just keep your eyes open. Check the uh, TAB website. Uh, and uh, But the boys will have plenty of power plays yeah. and all sorts of options for the Masters. So, yeah, there'll be something there for you, Izzy. Don't worry about it. Outstanding, oh, thank you, Paulie. Um, and condolences about your pay packet that went on the Broncos, mate. Didn't get to chat to you yesterday, so I was thinking, I was thinking about <laughs> thinking about you. You were in my thoughts. Uh, as I told the boys yesterday, my pockets were empty, but my heart was full. So happy to see the Warriors win. <laughs> the old emotional hedge. I've been there before many times. The Crusaders have cost me a lot of money throughout the years, which is quite despite contrary belief. Half past eight, Paul Moati, huh? I never back the Crusaders, ever. Oh. Ever. Okay. Wow. Because I could never, wow. I just. Like I think that I'm that I, my one, you know, the team you support, I support, so I just don't want to ever curse it. So I've emotion, mm. I've emotionally hedged a few times, and you know, if you back the Crusaders over the last since Super Rugby started, every year you put a bet on, I think you'd be up something crazy like thirty percent or something. It's pretty incredible. I think the same could, could be said about Melbourne. Yeah, just every year, every year. But I can't do it to myself because I'm too afraid that I'll stop them because I stopped Zaki that day. Twenty eight <laughs> and uh, twenty nine and a half away from. You nine. might stop him on the weekend. Tav.co.nz. <laughs> oh, he's Jim Zaki now. Jua Zaki, everything. That was Paulie Mwadi. You got um, promotions. You got hundreds of markets to choose from. Go have a look at tab.co.nz. Here is Araha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Kempi's League Masterclass is not far away. Everything NRL, 0800-150-811, the Kennards Hire phone line. Have the Warriors turned a corner? Answer me that. Have the Warriors turned a corner? Give us a call or a text on the Kenna, on the uh, Temper Bedpost text machine, double eight double three. Back in a bit. Here is Araha with the news. <laughs> Twenty-six and a half away from nine this morning. We're talking NRL, all things rugby league. So get your messages through on double eight double three. Give us a call on 0800-150-811, The Kennard's Hire phone line. Have the Waz turned the corner? We're going to talk that in a bit. Guy Havel kicked us off this hour, and he just said that Augusta roar hits different. One thing that is just incredibly noticeable, and everyone talks about it, is the Masters roar, the Augusta National roar. And what, what that means is that, let's say you're on, I don't know, the 10th the, the, um, green, for example, and, and then way up at the 16th green, the par three that goes over the water, which is five, six, seven hundred metres away, if someone hits it close or gets a hole in one or whatever, you will be able to hear that roar all the way from the other side of the course, and you will know what that roar means. 
Augusta week, Masters week, it is just different, and uh, Havel got to play it all back back in 2017, so that was great insight. And Kempi, you uh, struck a chord with Kears out the back, not from personal experience, but you were talking about when your son said he didn't want to play uh, rugby anymore, and you said, honestly, that is so all good because you know, he didn't, couldn't live up or didn't want to be in your shadow as a footballer yourself. Here's a clip from LeBron James from back in the wild uh, talking about his son, Bronny, and this is LeBron and his wife, Savannah, as well. What's your hope for Bronny's future? To be happy and find happiness in whatever it is that he does, whether it's whatever it is. I just want him to be happy. I want him to get to the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so a slight differing in philosophy from LeBron James, Kimby. Uh, mate, I had, look, I had the same, the, 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 the irony of it, I had the same conversation with my daughter when she's 40. Now, she was an athlete. You know, she, she was a sprinter. She played in all the all the North Harbour um, teams. And she came to me when she's 14. She said, Dad, I don't want to play netball anymore. And I thought she was going to be, be a silver fern. And I said, no, no, you're playing netball. And she went, no, I'm not. And I said, she and then she said to me, "Well, you tell me why you want to play netball because I'm going to tell you why I don't want to play netball." I said fourteen, mate, and I said there, and I had to walk outside because I didn't, I didn't know what to say other than you're playing netball because I'm your father, and I actually said that too, which was really stupid. And then she came outside five minutes later and she said, "Dad, I actually want to concentrate on my education, and this is the reason why." She rattled through half a dozen things, and I couldn't say nothing, mate. You know what I mean? So, mate, it's it's fun, it's a funny one, um, and I mm. and I get it as long as they're happy. You know, just so you know, my boy's just sat, sat his um, prophecy. He's just just been finished his law degree, and um, is gonna he's gone on to be be a much better um, person than I am already at twenty four. Mm, love it, love it, Kimpy, and and here in LeBron, you, yeah, like there is families out there and parents like you, you see Earl Woods and the pressure he put on Tiger Woods, and look what's unfolded. You know, one probably go down as the greatest of all time. So there is that balance, but for me, it's. It's, it's letting them figure out what they want, whatever they want to do. Like my daughter's about to go horse riding and, well, that's probably the last thing I want her to get into and I'm going to buy a horse. But, you know, whatever they want to do, I will support them and I will give them everything that they need to be able to succeed and to be the best that they can be. And, and that's all you can do. I'm not going to force Tilly to, to go play netball, hockey, whatever. She'll figure that out. But whenever she gets to that situation where she's made that the decision, then I'll just get there, get right behind them. Saturdays will be taken up and uh, support them and give them everything they need. And I, I don't think you can force her to not uh, want to get into Pony Club either, is he? You just got to bite the bullet, mate, and start that stable. Mm. Maybe you should start, she could start riding some track work at Rickerton Park there so she can pay her own way there. Maybe. maybe. I think Al's looking for a, a new rider too, mate. <laughs> well, maybe in Tilly, Harold's Tilly, four, three? She's nearly, she's four in a month. One, going on Talking 14. about horses. Well, well, the way she's looking at me with those eyes and, oof. <laughs> We'll circle back in 12 years and maybe she could do some track work for Alan Sharrock if she's still right into the the Pony Club. Uh, Great message here on the NRL. We'll get to that in a minute. Keep them coming through. Have the Warriors turned a corner with Brisbane just that bad? Newcastle, are they going to keep Caelan Ponga? All things NRL come up. Fact, Shane Warne's the only person to hit a hole-in-one on the 16th at Augusta. Cheers, Charlie. Charlie, I don't know about that. Double eight, double eight, double three, because we've got... Someone saying that John Rahm has also done it, so I don't know, Charlie. In fact, might not be wrong, but might not be right there. But would love to get some confirmation. Might be amateur. Might be amateur. Ah, yes. 
yeah, might be amateur. That that's could, what he's kind of thinking on. Well, mm. and Shane Warne is kind of that mercurial talent. But that John Rahm's one. Like, that's disgusting, eh? That's a kick in the face. You remember John Rahm playing? He skimmed it five times across the water and he gets a hole in one, mate. Like, I, I haven't even peppered <laughs> the hole once. <laughs> And he's, he's skimmed it across the water and it's gone in the hole. That is disgusting. You love it. You love it, Izzy. I know that. Gee, talking golf before 9 a.m., you just get you fired up. It's so good. Masters week. I'm about to go smash that ball off the tee. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You can go out there, mate. Go out there on your 55 acres that you got out the back there. Try not to hit, try not to hit one of the 100 cows you got out there, too. Farmer Dag, actually, we're due for a country clueless this week. Opie had to fill in last week. 21 away from nine. Baz and for breakfast. All things NRL up after this. Give us a call. 0800 150 811. The Kennard Tower phone line will put you straight through to Uncle Kempi. Listening to Baz and Dizzy for breakfast on SENZ. 16 away from 8 o'clock. All right, Rugby League. The Warriors-Broncos uh, replays come up on the tally here and... Uh, I think Warriors fans at two and two will be thinking, "Hallelujah!" You know, we definitely shouldn't have been zero, uh, zero and four, and one and three would have been a disservice as well. So, two and two to start the year. Now, it was a much better performance, despite the Broncos potentially being a bad team. They were clinical. Kempi, what did the Warriors get right? I think I think mainly they got a, a lot of things right in their game. You know, they got go forward. They got a good kicking game. Um, but for me, the defensive uh, structure and system that they worked to, it paid off. You know, they had a couple of really big key decisions from their wingers when they shot in Kossi, um, especially on that left uh, right-hand edge and stopping the play going out. The, you know, decent decent footballers in Farnsworth um, and Co, Co, um, Cobo out on, the, out on that right edge, you know. So for me... When I sort of analysed the game at the end of it, the, what really stuck out was their def, uh, stuck out was their defence because they can attack the Broncos. You know what I mean? They've got enough young mm. footballers in there. I thought Payne House was really quiet. I thought um, Reynolds, you know, even when he had to do that that little bit of magic, that little bit of brilliance himself to get that try um, just before half time. I, I thought from that he was really quiet, and I think their outside backs were done. You know, they, they kept them they kept them at bay. So. Um, Really asked for Sean Johnson to step up, and although Sean Johnson threw that really nice ball for that first try, okay, he sent he sent it out there onto that right edge. They they score down that edge and and get on the board. I actually thought his kicking game was outstanding, and it was up against probably the best kicking game in the competition in Reynolds. So his his kick selection, the kick chase behind it, really strangled the Broncos. And I think that was probably you know on the back of good go forward, that was probably the best part of their game is he managed it and. You know, what people aren't talking about is that they kept them to, to a try, you know, 20 to 6, you know, 13 mm. plus. Not many people had 13 plus. So um, we said at the beginning of the year they, they sh- possibly could get three out of three. They've got two out of four. Um, they got the Cowboys this weekend, and, and I agree with you. I think they can build on this as long as they just yeah, stay tough, you know. As he's like picking on so, you know, that, that no, stuff no. where they just keep throwing the ball around makes him a silly year, is he, is he? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, look, I was very impressed. I was very impressed. It's that last 10 minutes when they're trying to tie up a game. If they could fix that up, mate, that would have been a complete performance, 100%. But oh, just quickly, I know we're going to go off topic here and we'll come back to the Warriors, but Reynolds, I was watching Reynolds play on the weekend and I don't know, like he just looked a little bit dis- disinterested and wasn't like, is, do you reckon he's frustrated with, with what's going on and unfolding? And I saw that video of that scrap with um, Albert Kelly and and Payne Haas, it wasn't a good um, good look for the club. But uh, for, for him, Reynolds, 
going from South, where he's had been a high performer, he's been winning, and he's been playing a whole different game to what I've seen from him over the weekend. What what's going on there in your in your take, uh, Kent? Uh, well, the the main thing is he's coming out of one of the best spines in the competition. You know, with Walker, Latrell, mm. Mitchell. Um, and and the hooker that has got speed to burn coming out of there, you know, Reynolds on the back of that, or even throwing the ball out wide to Walker, having Latrell Mitchell on your inside, he's a totally different player. You go to the Broncos, he's got none of that. You know what I mean? So he looks frustrated, eh? Oh, well, he would he would get frustrated. He would get frustrated. And the yeah. other part of that too is the contract. You know, this is a real bugbear of mine. Either have a transfer window um, where play, players and managers and and people can get on with it. In a in a month, and you and you sign transfers, and and everyone's okay with it, or leave players alone. Like it's talking so to, dysfunctional. Uh, like talking to Payne Haas about it. All all last week, I was talking whether or not Payne Haas was a million dollar player. If you think that isn't going to affect them, you know that kid's walking around with his heads in the cloud, thinking about where am I going to get my next million dollars from. It affects this. Mm. It affects your game. And Payne Haas was just a, a shadow against the Warriors. You know what I mean? Their defense was good enough to nullify him. Don't get me wrong, but just. You know, there's so many things that Reynolds has to put up with at the moment. He ain't the player that he was at South. Yeah, so despite all of that, as you pointed out, Kempi, there was the kick chase that was excellent. They were strong through the middle, and they were clinical, and they did pull mm. the points on. Here's a text. Kempi, I feel like in previous years we go okay, then when the prop rotation comes in, we fall away. This year with Bunty and Penne coming in and Fanua Blake playing bigger minutes, it's a lot better. Our year, baby, Chris. <laughs> yeah, and, and we all know that the recruitment in and around the size and the go for has been really, really good. You know, we've we've had a, a decent old crack at the number nine who's who can get them, you know, wins, but probably can't get them into the top four, get them a competition. But we have got the nucleus of a really good, big, big go uh, team that can go forward with Sean Johnson coming off the back of them and Reese Walsh. You know, he's playing mm. playing playing good football at the moment. Um, you know, that that question you asked about Caelan Ponga is he going up to the uh, to the to the Dolphins, mate? I think I think more of a worry. I think you'll you'll see Callum Ponga sign for the for Newcastle this week. He'll get, he's pumped up his contract. That's what this was all about. And I think what you'll see next week is talk about Reese Walsh seriously considering going to going to the Dolphins. Oh, mm. don't say that because mm. I, I actually just read a report <laughs> saying that Matt Lodge is most likely to stay in. Australia with his family when they come back, but Reese Walsh at the moment, as it stands, is fully intended to come to Auckland, which would be so good for the club. Is he Reese Walsh? You asked for him to stand up a couple of weeks ago. He's strung together two games yeah. of class. He looked so busy on the weekend. I was, he was involved in everything. I loved like the play was coming right, and then he saw an opportunity just following his instinct. So he steps back off the right, goes back down the short side, and and has the players involved and nearly get uh, get a couple of tries in the corner. He set up. He was always involved in every um, type of play that they played, and he was uh, just busy. Work rate. That's what I wanted from your number one. You want to see him. He want he needs to be the busiest man on the park. And for me, he was so. Uh, you know, busy out there, work rate around the field, attack, wasn't scared to run it from his own end. And um, nah, I thought his decision making, still got a little bit to go, but I thought he was a, a long way to go and where Reese Walsh needs to be. And uh, hopefully he can keep that up because going forward, Kempe, they got the Cowboys and then the Roosters, which I feel are, are winnable games. But, um, you know, all those key players that we've spoken about need to be there or thereabouts.
bang on as he, they are winnable games. It'll be keeping players on the park and trying to build some synergy. So Team Naming Tuesday, we'll find out how their team is looking for this weekend. Later on this evening, we'll react to that tomorrow morning. The fact is, Shane Warne is the only player to hit a hole-in-one to the back right Friday pin on 16. Mm. John Rahn's skipping hole was one on the par 3 course, not the main course. Clarification on double eight, double three. There is nothing you guys... Whatever course... It's just embarrassing, I'll tell you. It is freakish. Uh, you guys know it all. We are eight and a half away from nine o'clock. Smithy is back, and he's got a new sponsor, Polaris. Yes, boy. Oh, How good is this for the old boy? Yes. Mate, you and me, okay. both. Well, you're going to have to big Smithy to try and put in the good word for you after uh, this as we catch up and sleep on it with Smithy. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.